we are live. Hey, Concrete. Hey, Top Pets. Hey, 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 people. Peace, peace. What's going on, y'all? Not much. It's been a long day, hump day, trying to get through this week. But I'm excited about the show. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Top Pets? Oh, man, another day, another dollar, another piece to the puzzle. Okay. Y'all, I had tried to get them to take a shot before the show, but they both like, no, nah, we don't want to take a shot. And I'm like, boo. I will take a shot of water. <laughs> I will put it in the shot glass and everything. And, you. you know, we could <laughs> toss it back. <laughs> well, I went to this little Jamaican uh, club tonight, so it's 2 a.m. where I'm at right now, so. I went to the little Jamaican spot. Uh, You're it, still in it, Dubai? Yeah, I'm still out here. Okay. So it's kind of like where all the black people go to. It's one of the spots where a lot of... They the actually have a Jamaican spot. Yeah, they have two here. Ooh. Is it a club or a lounge or what? Well, it's, like a, it's, it's like a lounge vibe, but uh, they sell liquor. And here in Dubai, a lot of places don't sell liquor. Mainly like hotels. And uh, it costs a lot of money for the uh, liquor license, so. But I live downtown, so this spot is right down away from me. I can walk there. So they actually said, "Look, it's high, it's expensive, but you know, it's." They don't have liquor stores. Now you have to go to Abu Dhabi, and right now Abu Dhabi shut down. I actually tried to go today, and uh, it shut down out there. Like when you pass the checkpoint, they make you turn around, unless you have a pass to get in Abu Dhabi. Dang. How do you go about getting the pass? Well, you got to have something going on there, like a business or something. Other than that, you can't get in. Wow. Because of Corona, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. So are you living in um, Dubai right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm living here. I'm paying as high as rent here. 3000 over 3000 a month. U.S.? U.S., Wow. So how are you planning on living there for the rest of your life? Is this something <laughs> temporary? Nah, nah, I actually got stuck here. You know, I'm supposed to be back. I actually Did got stuck here. So how long you gotta be here too? I don't know. My flight got canceled. My my flight got canceled twice. So I, I was supposed to come back last Sunday. But uh, yeah, they canceled my flight again. So right now, I really don't even know. So, and you know what's and crazy? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I I meet a chick like right before I'm about to go home. Did I be kind of like, you know what? Let me just kick it for about another week. Yeah, my flight to get canceled. So I got a crazy story too about one day I met a chick. I'm gonna save you for later. Later though. Oh wow. Okay. So. You are from where are you from? I'm from uh Texas, actually. I'm from I'm from Houston, Texas. Oh, for whatever reason, I thought you were from Memphis. Nah, I thought you nah, were from the Midwest. Okay. I'm country, but I ain't that damn country. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk shit about the deep south. Nah, mm-hmm. I love, hey, I'm 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 all about it. I'm I'm deep. I'm super deep south. I got a mouthful of gold. I'm country. I can cook. 
Yeah, I use uh, uh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm a fool. I'm gonna open a, a restaurant out here in Dubai. Mm. Oh nice. I'm sorry really? if you don't uh, how old are you, uh Top Cat? Oh I mean you could give me a range are you are you a millennial? I put it in private. Nah, I'm uh my early thirty. Early thirty. Early, early thirty. Okay, that's like you about 65 and ain't nobody. I'm like, oh, he's in his 50s and he don't want to say. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. You a baby. I'll see. Oh, okay. Conquer, how you talking? Shit. Okay. So you've been in Dubai. Okay. So let me tell you what I thought you did when I initially um, encountered you, right? Okay. So I was like, well, maybe he's like a, because I think I heard something about you doing club promoting. Then when I go to your channel, I was seeing a lot of stuff about boxing. And then it came down to like the um, history stuff and politics. And then there was, um, there's one more thing that I thought you did. So you got the boxing, the club, the trucking. I thought you was into that, like black ops. And yeah, I did hear him say something about trucking, but I thought you were doing like the black ops security type of stuff. Then I thought you were maybe a pimp. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, just put it right on out there, Danny. No, he knew a lot about women and then he was a club promoter or he was in that life. So I was like, was he a pimp? Maybe, I don't know. You never know. Nah, well, I actually, uh, I do, um, I was a club promoter in Houston. Um, I, I had a studio on 723 Main in Rust. I let it go after my brother got killed, uh, at the, in front of the studio. Uh, what else? You said pimp? Nah, I'm not a pimp. You feel me? But, uh, I helped a few females make money before, you know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't just call it pimping, but I, I oh, you I, would I, say you were a manager of vagina. I you used to my networking skills, you know what I mean? Okay. Put people get, you know, I, I just always been good. That's how I, I just always been like that. You know, people would call me, a lot of people would call me and depend on me for uh, uh, certain things, and I knew people. Ah, uh, so you you that guy like oh I know Top Cats probably know somebody type yeah, of person yeah yeah, ah. yeah I, I get you in the door. Uh, what was the other one you said? Oh, for his boxing, yeah, like I'm real big in boxing in Houston. I don't I don't pay for nothing for his boxing. I got a good relationship with Team USA. They was actually gonna uh pay for me to come to uh Tokyo this summer uh for the Olympics. Got a real good relationship with them. Matter of fact, the whole USA team down there in Texas right now, in Houston right now, training. Jay Prince ended up signing a lot of them uh, down there um, for boxing or whatever. But uh, what else? What was the other one? Oh, as far as the box, I mean the politics and uh, yeah, I do. I talk about a lot of that on my channel. Um, politics and history as well. You know, I'm a oh, nerd. Too. There was one more thing. Because I noticed you were really into numerology and stuff, so I was like, "The nigga could be an astrologer. We would know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I break down the science of numbers. You feel me? Uh, numbers are uh, 
the uh, Just language. Just the jack of all trades. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do a little something. I do a little something. So you grew up in Houston. Um, you've led like a full life from the looks of it, right? Uh, I got a lot more to go. You know, this is the first half. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't see some things. Yeah. What was the craziest thing about being a club promoter? Uh, the craziest thing, um, these artists and entertainers, uh, they don't respect people. The people who, like, they wouldn't be here without the people. And, uh, you know, their egos or whatever, uh, make it about them. You feel me? And so that was something I lost a lot of respect for them. Keisha Cole was one of the artists, you feel me? Like, really? Too much money. Yeah, she had so she had the most demands out of anybody I ever brought to a, a party. And uh, when what she got like the. I can't hear you. I said, what was like a crazy demand? Uh, She wanted Louis 13. She wanted Louis 13. Oh, for the everybody. liquor? Yeah, the liquor. And you know, that shit high. She wanted like, nothing for Louis 13. Or something, right? And so I went to the liquor store. I went to the liquor store uh, Ella, and bought it. I bought it at the liquor store. I ended up getting twelve hundred a piece because in the club they gonna hit you over the head. And uh, I then they got in trouble for that too because in the club you have to have a certain type of top on there for when the uh, fire department come or whatever. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the regulations and shit. And uh, we got caught bringing them in. But yeah, like they just wasted a, a lot of money that night. And you know she wasn't even worth it, really. And now wow. look at her now. Then respect the people, and now she needs the people again. You feel me? But that's that karma come back around. You don't treat motherfuckers good, you gonna need them. Don't burn them bridges because you never know when you need a motherfucker. It's interesting that you get those type of demands from people who are not like even a list or at the top, and they want you know these outrageous things. Yeah, she wanted limos for everybody and everything. Like, yeah. So what was like the average price to secure a star? Like what was the least y'all paid? What was the most y'all paid? The least I paid was for Lil Wayne. And that was through Jay Prince's son. Um, he just wanted a percentage. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And at the, at the door. And that was, you know what I'm saying? That was the realest shit ever right there. But that was the least I paid. Uh, the most was like, 25 for a walkthrough you know certain people give you love or, or if it's your first time dealing with them you know what i'm saying normally when they'll meet me then they'll give me you know what i'm saying they'll be like oh okay all right i see he's the type of nigga you know or they'll want to make a establish a relationship with me so it'll be a cheaper price or whatever some people just don't give a fuck they'll keep it business mm. hmm. okay so, well, you have talked about being in like a polyamorous relationship. Are you currently in one? Uh, no, nah, I'm currently um, <laughs> I'm currently chilling right now. You feel me? I say that I'm chilling. I'm living. Mm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> well. Go ahead, Danny. I'll let you go, then I'll come back. Okay. So, how many wives do you want to end up with, like in total? You know what? To be honest, um, 
I don't know. I think the more you the the more you uh you grow, the more I'm I'm growing and um I might don't need as many as I originally. <laughs> you feel me? Thought I, I but need don't it. you think that one woman is a headache, let alone, you know, more than that? Because you hear, especially in this space, that's all men do is complain about women. So if if one especially if you, and I don't know what your preference is, especially if you're dealing with black women. Um, one is a headache, so any more than that is, you know, insane. You see, but um, I think my setup was different because I was kind of like groomed for the poly. Before I even knew what poly was, you know, that was kind of like who I was. I, I never had girlfriends or whatever growing up. And so then I was raised in a gang-related uh, area. Uh, I'm from uh, my side of town, every neighborhood gangbang, even the, the school boys neighborhood uh gang bang or whatever and so i didn't have friends outside my neighborhood and friends i grew up with we've been cool since we was three years old first people we met in life and shit so and we still uh friends to wow. the day so the relationships i established was with females outside like from not from outside of town and i did a, i went to three different high, um i went to two different three different i mean two different elementaries three different middle schools five different high schools so I moved around a lot, so I was able to meet a lot of different people. And so uh, my relationship that I established was always with females. I always hang around females or whatever. And so uh, fast forward, fast forward, uh, once I, how can I say this, transition in life, um, I put like, once I started making a lot of money, um, I had met this chick, right? And, uh, she was cool. She went to uh, Stephen F. Austin or whatever. And uh, so once we got cool, she ended up moving uh, to Sam Houston. That was a little closer to Houston. Plus, they had a good criminal justice. Uh, and so she wanted to be a lawyer. And I was in the streets and shit. So I felt like, plus my cousin them had a murder case. And so I'm like, man, I'm going to put her through school. And she can help me out. She can be my little lawyer chick. You feel me? And so uh, wow. I had another friend. She had actually went and did an audition for... Uh, she had made it to America Top Model, but when she took her physical, she was pregnant. So she came back and she ended up giving this the, the lawyer chick all of her connections or whatever and put in the model because she came up in the pages, doing the pages or whatever. And so the other chick, she was 36, 22, 44. So she wasn't like a runway model type like the other one, right? And so uh so she started doing like little video gigs and little um photo shoots or whatever and so you have to put a down payment up so she'll go out, out of town and if she get the contract or whatever they'll give you your money back you put up or whatever and so she started meeting a lot of chicks from around america or whatever and so once they're in houston they're calling i had a big loft or whatever and so uh i used to call it the palace and so she'll bring chicks back to the house so i come home from moving and grooving and you know it would be four or five six different females from uh, New York, North Carolina, you feel me, Florida, in the bed. They'll be at the highs and shit. And, you know, so I kind of was groomed like that. Plus, she liked the girls, too. So, yeah, it was, I kind of was groomed like that. So, I was, I was young. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds I was interesting. <laughs> you feel me? So, you that's why I got, yeah, I was 20 at the time. So, I mean, wow. I was groomed for, I didn't even know nothing about Polly. You feel me? I pull up. Uh, the homeboys there come to the to the uh, front front door. I mean, come to the uh, 
the driver door, I'd be in the back seat. I let the window down in the back seat. You feel me? The females driving. You feel me? I'm in the back smoking weed and shit. Wow. Well, let me read this super chat um, from Kenny Conjo. He says, Matt, respect for Top Cat Scrying, Big Dogs. Ladies, your channel is growing in success. Stay on your grind too. Thank you, Kenny Conjo. Thank you, bro, Kenny. In the real way, Kenny, turn up. You know, Top Cats, that sounds like what most guys would, you know, love to have. Like that, just that, that's, you know, situation, that whole setup sounds like what most guys would um, kind of almost aspire to have, like a situation like that. So for you to kind of have like fallen into like a situation like that is insane, especially at, you know, such a young age. Yeah, well, that it kind of started. I always been cool. Like girls always liked me, you know. What I'm saying? So that's why. Uh, but I learned early, like I say, by going to different schools or whatever. I learned not to talk to. If you don't talk to nobody, then your stock will go up. You feel me? So <laughs> I would tell you something, Daddy. One time I had went to school. I checked in on a Friday, and my little brother he went to the junior high across the way. So I'm walking over to to go meet him. I was a freshman. I'm walking over to the school to go meet him, and this girl let the window down on the school bus. She said, "Say you the new boy?" I said, "Yeah." And so she handed me a note. She handed me a little letter, or whatever. When he got my brother, we went home. Cool. So she told me to call her, whatever. I ain't call her though. I get to school Monday. All the little females, the little cool kids, they come over there talking about, "Yeah, girl, that's him right there. He cute, but he talked to the dirty girl." You know what I'm saying? And this shit fuck my, my stock oh, up. My <laughs> yeah, she shook oh my the shit up, you know? And uh, I learned a real valuable lesson. I still took it with me to this day, you know what I'm saying? What, don't talk to dirty girls? Nah, nah just don't, don't fuck with nobody, you know? Just don't <laughs> fuck with nobody. I do a little flirting wow. and shit, but I don't be for real, you know what I'm saying? Um... So you say you've been kind of indoctrinated into the lifestyle for a while, right? And so with you knowing a lot about what would make you want to take more than one on, because, you know, when guys who um, who's kind of live that life, hey, a lot of them be like, oh, hell no. Nah. Like, it's more work than what it looks. It's not always going to be fun and games. You know, like, bitches are crazy. What do you think about that? Well, uh, women are crazy. That's what <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But I believe uh, anything worth having is, is is worth working for. You know what I'm saying. And a lot of people get it twisted. They feel like uh, you get in a, in a relationship that um, the hard part is done. You know what I'm saying. But it's an everyday task with anything. You know, and I, I'm a natural. I'm a grinder. I'm a hustler at heart. And so. I just know how to figure situations out. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm good with people or whatever, especially when it comes to teams. But are you up front with women? Oh, like, you, you have to you be. Women? First day, I'm going to try to run your ass off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to try to run you off. Because I only want the real. You know what I'm saying? I got to really know you're going to be there. You know what I'm saying? When when shit get real. Because me, personally, but I off because like my mom told me she was like now if you want to get rid of a guy right off just start asking him for like large amounts of money be honest yeah, with yeah, you I'm asking her for some money before she asked me you know what I'm saying? 
I'm going to ask for some money before she ain't me. Nah, but you know, one of the things that I do is I tell them, uh, I ask them, what's your thoughts on polygamy? Now, I will. I take them out. It'll be cool. You feel me? We'll go somewhere nice, take them somewhere they probably ain't never been or whatever. And then, you know, when we sit down and we start talking, I'm going to say, what's your thoughts on poly? You feel me? And I'm going to tell her what she is. Uh, I want five wives. You feel me? And I'm going to see where she at. You know so what I mean? if she flinches, like, oh, hell nah, is the date over? Or, like, how are their attitudes usually when you bring it to them? You know, in the, in the beginning, it was... Uh, in the beginning, you know, a lot of, you know, they do the typical things. And, I, you know, you have to understand that a lot of people really not even familiar with it. Most people are not familiar with poly than, than um, those who are. So it'll be a situation where you have to kind of, um, you know, I'll break it down to them why. It's not because I'm trying to just be fucking on you every night because I'm not about to be fucking on you every night. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to cheat on me. But um, it's more about building. You know what I mean, and um, you know I. Wait, it's, it's, so I, bec- you said <laughs> she would have to cheat on you if that's. Nah, I'm I was just fucking around. I was just fucking around. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I do have to ask because you opened up the door for it. Yeah. So is it okay though if you digging her and you rocking with her and y'all, you know, y'all are you know messing around and 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 even maybe if it's something serious for her to also mess with other guys. Well, I tell you this here, you know what's um because I'm a realist. And by me being around a lot of females, I understand I have a, a different type of understanding of women more than other guys. Because a woman would prefer a male to be a best friend. She'll tell a male her male friend more than she'll tell her girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? And um, and so just being around them, you know what I'm saying? Cause I I I my homegirls, they'll have appointments or something together, and I always uh, you know what I'm saying? I'd be like, hey, man, y'all need to get a spot together or whatever. And of course, I'd do my little old, run my little operation out of there or whatever. But it'll be a place where I can come and I can chill. You know, I can be around some feminine energy or whatever. They're going to cook. They're going to take care of me. You know what I'm saying? They're going to nurture the kid. But I would, uh, it was a lot of things that I, I peep about them. You know what I'm saying? A lot of inside shit that I get on women. So I, I tell you what, a lot of, a lot of times, People know you, bef- they know other people before they meet you. You know what I mean? And some of those people um, have a, a, a direct effect on their life. And so they'll, they'll probably want to keep them around, whether it's a, a high and by every now and then and all that. So me personally, I don't mind if uh, a person that I'm in a, a situation with uh, have male friends. Now, for as that, the fucking and all that, he come and pick you up at the house, I'm going to shoot that nigga car but if if it's respectful, you know what I'm saying. I know I don't mind you uh, oh, uh, talking oh. to him. I, yeah. So all she can do is talk to him. Yeah, that's it. Okay, okay. Because I was like, do we have white concrete? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's gonna um, have to be a trust situation. You know what I'm saying? Because me personally, people that um, that's in my life and I care, I genuinely care about. You know what I mean? I, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be nothing disrespectful, but they ain't they ain't going nowhere. If they was here before you, they ain't going nowhere. Okay, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, concrete. Do you allow your men to have women friends? 
Um, yeah, my, my man, <laughs> I lie, that's funny. If he's good, he probably laughed when he said that. But, um, no. You know, they're going to be like, oh, my God, she's been a wow. Yeah, he ain't going. I couldn't tell him what to do if, if I tried. But, um, yeah, he has um, female friends. They're just, friend, you know, friends, uh, you know, that I've met and introduced to and all that. You know, he'll talk to them right there while I'm while I'm there. And, yeah, it's nothing to hide. Um, he is, like, you know, good at giving counsel. So, you know, he, he women will be calling him for different stuff. Okay. So, yeah, what about you, though, Danny? Yeah, what about you, you Danny? about it? Exactly. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. He, he, he can have them, but I don't like that shit. Yeah, that I mean, like, I can't you. Don't that bitch got a man? No. <laughs> no, no, no. 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 I can, you know what? That sound like that, too. See, I don't really, in addition, he's into he's a, into holistic healing. So, like, it, you know, people will come up to him or he'll start talking to people and they want to know what can I take yourself. for this and what can I. No. Bitch, better use the internet. I, oh my gosh. Google it, huh? That's what you I, need to do. Google it. Oh my gosh. Girl, call somebody okay, do else. You have, but do you have male friends, Danny? Me? Yeah. That's, that's different. Oh, no. no oh, okay. No, no. So that's a double standard. Okay. Y'all see what I'm saying? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this why this why I mean this why the relationship you have to open it up. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta open the relationship up. Yeah. We humans, we on earth and it ain't nothing but male and female on here. So like it's a lot of people here. Yeah. Me, like, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, I trust him, so I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. I, you know, he I has the conversations. Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he has the conversations right in front of me. It ain't nothing to hide, no, you know, sneak stuff or nothing like that. But I don't have male friends, and I don't think that he would like if I had male friends because, you know, generally. I don't really do the whole platonic relationship thing. Like, I don't really believe in. I thought I think that there is generally an ulterior motive on one side or the other, and generally the man side. So I just, you know, oh, wow. I'm not gonna I, let you. I'm, do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. No. What, what's what day you born? Uh, May thirtieth. Oh, you're three. See, three people. They kind of. <laughs> Tell her about it. Three, three. No, no, no. We can, we can. Three people. She ain't, yeah. trying, she ain't trying to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> you know what? I, and I, then I, I have to tell you about them and I smell. They talk oh that gosh, shit. Here you go. Wow. Podcast, what's your uh, zodiac sign? I'm an Aries. My son and moon oh, Aries. Like- He's like, who did? Boxing. That's perfect. Okay. Okay. I'm a real uh, Aries. Um, he's a Aries. so Aries are the gods of yeah. Mm. Yeah, Aries rules by Mars. Mars rules by the god of war. How did you get into mm-hmm. uh, astrology? Uh, oh, it's this interview. <laughs> no, nah, I, I really, <laughs> um, I really deal with uh more numerology than the astrology part. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, because how did you get into it? Because that's very interesting, especially you don't seem like the type <laughs> at Whoa. all. Back one little bit. Whoa. No, I'm just saying. I mean, like, you don't seem to be like into, you know, esoteric type of things. You, I, you just know your picture, you. I wouldn't guess that. I'm going to tell you, like, when I saw his channel and I saw was into the politics and pro blackness and um, the history and stuff, I was like, Top Cat. Oh shit! I just thought that was my turn up friend. He actually got some bangs and shit. Okay, <laughs> but you know what? That's how you probably catch him off guard because a woman, you know, start talking to you thinking one thing, and then you there's all these layers, you know. Yeah, it, it takes strength a, a lifetime to figure me out. Ah, uh, mm -hmm. well, I did <laughs> want to touch on something. Okay, so in reference to the title regarding, you know. Um, should black women basically accept cheating as part of the culture? So I uh, read uh, Shahrazad Ali's book, but I recently was doing some research for a topic and I was uh, came across like um, an actual conference that she was at and she was speaking on it and stuff. And she was kind of expounding on a few things. And she was talking quite a bit about how, um, you know, in our community, we need to accept the fact that men, most men aren't going to just have one woman that, you know, um, and she wasn't promoting cheating so much. She was promoting the fact, polyamory more than anything, because she was talking about how men, um, that we need men to basically be able to take on some of these other women and their children. So she was also talking about how, you know, a man's makeup is completely different than a woman's and he has capabilities that we don't have. So it's, um, you know, it would be more feasible for him to do. Whereas women, um, we can't do it because, you know, we're not going to be able to cook dinner at two homes every night. We're not going to have children at one home and leave them and go to another home where we have, you know, another set of children. But I just wanted to know like what your thoughts on that in regards to the black community. I mean, we know that it's in a state of peril. Do you think that that's a viable option for the black community? Well, I'm going to say this. I know a lot of people uh, might be kind of fucked up about the ladies, especially, but if we just going to put it in the hole and, and the, the black community, I say this, we need all the help we can get. You know what I mean? We only own 1% of the nation's wealth. You feel me? Now, our, uh, our black women are, um, for us class-wise, the, um, the most educated class, you feel me? But that also put them in the most debt. You know what I mean? We look at the situation with a lot of the men. It's, it's a, a lot of imbalanced home, households going on. Or you'll have situations where there's single-parent uh, households going on. You feel me? So I feel like uh, we need to get back to working together. You know what I mean? I mean, at the end of the day, it's just the emotion was keeping it from not happening. You know what I mean? But it's not stopping it from happening. So uh, naturally, men are, are conquerors, you know? And so I mean, we're looking in the animal kingdom as well. You feel me? Ain't nobody uh, coupling up, doing monogamy and all of this. And, you know, and a lot of different indigenous uh, cultures around the world, they practice um, poly. You feel me? Like, even over here, I'll be talking to the African chick, and I'll be like, how the hell you ain't getting down with poly? Don't you see poly every day? And they like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But not everybody. You feel me? Or even in the Muslim culture. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a Muslim nation, so I would expect there to be lots of 
Western you know, monogamy, but you know, it's only really? for certain people. Because they're I, westernized over there, huh? Yeah, they they are, but it's um, it, it's it's certain status and class, you know, that they can have. Uh-huh. You feel me? Which is understandable yeah. because if you can't take care of them or if you're not a leader, if you can't lead, then you shouldn't be in a position to lead because at the end of the day, is it is a position to lead and, and, and family is business at the end of the day. You feel me? So, but yeah. I, I feel like it's not for everybody. But you brought up another point too. You got to be able to provide both families with the same thing. If you buy one oh, yeah. house, you have to be, a, and that's what like people say, Oh, yeah, that sounds you know, you hear men kind of jumping on the bandwagon, but there's some things that they don't realize you should be able to do for both families. You have to be able to, um, you know, you have to basically be fortunate enough or be successful enough to where it's not gonna, you're not gonna, um, one family won't go without so that you're providing for another. Yeah, it's qualifications to be met. I had a question about that. So, if you had multiple wives, do y'all stay under one roof? Well, it depends on um, how your situation set up. You know what I mean? Like some women, they they accept it because they are accepting you, but they might not do good around women. So you might not. Yeah, that's a good point. The game might not be strong, so you might want to. That's a good point. I know. And like a lot of most, you know, Orthodox Muslims generally like they have two separate homes. So you might be here Monday through Wednesday and there, you know, Thursday through Saturday or one week on one week off type of thing. But uh, the other side of that is that, you know, a lot of women, black women, especially like I don't know that black women and the thing is, yes, black men cheat all the time or men cheat all the time. So like cheat. being cheap and black women. Yeah. But I was saying that because I saw somebody in the comments say that. Um, so I was just kind of reiterating that point. But um, <laughs> I don't know that black women would, would go for it, like the whole poly thing and being cool with it. Majority of black women. And I think a lot of it is because we weren't raised to, uh, to where that's yeah. an acceptable thing. It's not traditional think- in our culture. I think as long as it's not said out loud within our community is right. How you it's want to be kept in the dark? Well, oh, I'm saying yeah. that oh, a lot of people cheated on and if as long as they don't know, then um <laughs> I am Aries Queen said y'all didn't want to put polygamy in the title. We probably should have shit. But I kind of feel like with with black women, especially because I've had family members who's had um, other families and you don't find out until the man passes away that he had an an additional family. And so then you would kind of wonder, okay, well, did my grandma know? Did my great-grandma know? Like, what happened? And turns out they knew, but I don't think because it was based that it was a problem. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And um, I, I just feel like, especially like those are traditional uh, values that we had, and it, it worked well for us back then. Like nowadays, though, I feel like, especially in 2020, like the the marriage rate, um, the unsuccessful uh, marriage rate is, is high. The um, you know women, men, uh, women uh, breaking up or not seeing eye to eye. Financial situations are not balanced. You have uh, you have a lot going on in the black community. Even the culture, yeah. the, the mindsets of the people is not um, to stay together for a long time. It's not longevity mm-hmm. in, in, in a lot of this shit. You know what I'm saying? That's why I, I refuse to be a victim. 
You know what I'm saying? You ain't finna have me all on your IG page, hug up, kicking with you. Yeah, next Thanksgiving, you got another nigga over there at your mama house eating with the fan. See, I, I refuse to be a victim. Motherfucker ain't gonna be a victim. That's my ex or no shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't even never in dealing that. with multiple women and even in your situations, like women are super jealous, like in Caddy yeah. and Petty and like right. I, I, I wouldn't sign up to deal with like potential issues because I don't know too many women who would be, you know, would be able to, you know, keep it copacetic with without tripping unless you are raised to where that is, you know, a part of the culture. Um, I, I don't know too many black sisters who just going to be cool with it. No one next week is her turn type of thing. Well, top cats. Okay. So you've been in a situation like that before, kind of, sort of, right? Yeah. How did you deal with the um jealousy or was there any at all? No, nah, it definitely was jealousy. Uh in the situation was a uh, um uh, my situation was different because I kind of brought in people who was already in my life who I already had like um emotional uh ties <laughs> with. Yeah, so I, I kind of brought them in and I, I think they was just doing it because they knew who I was, you know what I mean? And uh I guess they uh, value me as somebody, you know what I'm saying, that that would be honorable enough to hold that situation down or whatever. But um, and some of them did it out of just want want me. You feel me? They didn't want what came with it. They just wanted me, and ultimately felt like that they could change me once they get in a certain position. And so the jealousy always gonna be there. Like one day it'll be cool, and the next day it'll it'll just come. It's, it's human nature or whatever. But I also think this, uh, just like it's not for every man, it's not for every woman. You know what I mean? And that's why I said, you know, as I get older, I might want to take the number, how many I initially wanted down. You feel me? Because um, finding the woman that's that's a value and for the longevity and really understanding it. And, you know, sometimes a, a lot of them that be open to it have gone through uh unsuccessful marriages or whatever had the experience so they got the fairy tale out the way you know the the, the house and the picket fence and the dog and the husband all that. they got that shit out the way and they understand what life or what it really is you know what i'm saying like or love right and it also come down to your understanding on love or your definition on what real love is and happiness some people will choose happiness over the love <laughs> you know what i'm saying and, you know, a lot of motherfuckers out here that's unhappy. You feel me? And they would just rather be happy. So, did you grow up in a traditional household? Well, I grew up in a single parent household. Okay. Did you live with your mom or your dad? I lived with my mom. And then once I uh, became an adolescent, I moved with my dad. And then I moved back with my mom. How did you like living with your, um? how did you like living with both? Well, I think uh, they both t teach you different. Uh, see, on, on my dad's side, they, my grandma, she used to run a historical black college in Houston. And so uh, my family over there, one of them assistant district attorney, you know, the other one was, uh, was a doctor. Uh, well, a doctor, lawyer, you know what I'm saying? My other, you know, they real successful over there, you know, you know, politicians and shit. And that's one side of my family. The other side of my family from the hood. And uh, so I, I was able to see both. That's probably why you get, you know what I'm saying, both worlds out of me or uh, understanding. I could tap in over here. I could tap in over here. You feel me? But um, 
I, I just think uh both sides uh help me get to where I'm at or my um outlook on life. Okay. Okay. So you know, you had mentioned um when we had did the um show, I think it was like our last show, show before last, and you had mentioned what did you mention? Because I just lost my thought. Let me look back at my notes. Hold on. SYSBM. Yeah, that's where I was going with it. Um, so when you mentioned SYSBM and you said that the women over there aren't all of what they're cracked up to be, can you expound a little bit on that? Well, I, the mindset um, of some of the brothers in the SYSBM, you know, as far as the being successful, and they figure they'll go out to like a third world country or whatever, or take a, situ uh, a situation with a female overseas, they'll have different views on, on life. And uh, just being uh, up close and personal with it, that's not the case. You'll find it that the more, um, the more poverty motherfuckers raised in, it'll create a uh, survival mindset. You feel me? So, Boys, the and you've been to multiple countries, right? Yeah, yeah. And then hills, especially here, it's like a melting pot, you know, like everybody here. And so, you know, um, but you'll find like the people who come from the, the worst situations or uh, in poverty situations, they grow a strong mindset. You got to even look at it in America while they feel like a lot of these black women uh, mentality is the way it is. They come from survival. That's a survival mindset. You know what I mean? And so being up close personally with these females out here, true, they might not have anything, but they've been uh, trained to survive. And so they'll adapt to you and it's always, but they have different uh, motives in it. And love, coming from situations like that, your love, you ain't looking, you know what I'm saying? You really have to be in a comfortable position to, to love the way that these guys want to be loved and cared for. You know what I'm saying? You really got to find somebody That's in a position. So, okay, you said like it's almost like you know they need you. So you know there's an ulterior motive because they may not they don't may only make you know a couple hundred dollars a year. So their motivation for being with you may not necessarily be love. Exactly, it's it's me uh, trading places. I'm trying to get out the situation that I'm in. And then uh, one thing that I learned too, like they groom the women if if a family. African family will use uh, Uganda, for example. They will, if, if they have a daughter, then they will invest in her. They'll give her education. They'll make sure she speaks good English. They'll take her to work between the ages of six to eight. I mean, six to nine, take her out. She'll go to work with the mother. She'll be trained in womanhood, how to care for a man, how to, um, you know what I mean, uh, how to work, how to provide on her own. She'll have education because when she get married, she'll be worth more. Her value will go up. In order to marry them in their culture, you have to pay. And so... Uh, like a dowry. Yeah, a dowry. Once they marry her off, then she'll take what she made out of that and go and split it with the parents. You see what I'm saying? And so it's it's, it's not just uh, cake and ice cream when you get into these situations, you feel me? Especially when you're dealing with other cultures. They are looking for something. You're going to have to provide as a man. Yeah, that's, that's cool, but once they get out of this situation, they get in a situation of comfort. They're not here for the love. They're not here for you. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times it's not going to be genuine. 
Wow. Shout out to King De La Aces. He said poly relationships matter. In a real way. So, hmm. Um, survival mindset. And I kind of wanted to touch back on that. So do you think that the men that are maybe SYSBM really have a genuine chance of finding love overseas? I, I feel like their chance to find it in America is, is I, I feel like they have the same percent, percentage of finding a good woman. Is, is, you know what I'm saying? Or somebody who's going to love them the way that they want to be loved. You feel me? Or their relationship, that they, their ideal situation that they're looking for. It's, it's a needle in the haystack. And they have to understand it's, it's like that for all of us men. It's not just the uh, um, situation that they're in. That's for all men, even in this policy. So you think it's for all men, even though you've had as much success as you've had with women, you think that, that, it, that it still is difficult for you to find a person who loves you for you as it would be for a person, an SYSBM or maybe an incel or something to that effect. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, really? even, even with this poly situation, that's why I say it um it's a, it's gonna have it's gonna be a special situation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you go you go you gonna have a you're gonna go through a lot of trial and error before you can find somebody who gonna who fit, you know what I mean? Who fit your journey. And I think that's what it's all about. I think a lot of times we get distracted in these um relationships when you don't know what you want you feel me and so if you if you come in a situation where you know what you want it'll be better to gauge it you know what i mean like you can put it all on the table on the first day so you don't waste their time waste your time or you don't wind up a, a ex a, a casualty out here you know what i mean like you have to first know what you want if you go to the court lot you're gonna know what you want you ain't gonna just let them sell you nothing you're going to have to know what you want, you feel me, in order to get something that fits your journey. You know what I'm saying? We all have an individual journey. Even though it's why SBM, they say it's a mindset or, or a certain way that they view life, they all have their individual reasons or, or ideal situations that will fit them. And so I think it's a case-by-case -case basis. You know what I mean? You don't just take the first thing out the shelf and feel like it's going to – I mean, take a suit off the rack and feel like it's going to fit. You know what I mean? I think it's, 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 it's this shit harder than niggas make it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, more yeah. technical. I won't say hard. I say more technical than they make it. You feel me? Do you think that men may need to live like wherever they want to get? Like, let's say they find a woman in Uganda. Do you think it would be better if they lived in Uganda or should they bring the woman back over to the United States? Um... Man, that, that's deep. That's deep, right? Now, it depends. Well, I say both, right? I feel like you have to actually be there to tap into the culture. And, and maybe if you get around it, maybe you'll see some things that you, you might not, you know what I mean, agree with. You feel me? Or you, you can see what she actually been through. Because you want to know a motherfucker. If you're looking for longevity, you have actually have to know this motherfucker. You know, or you're going to wake up one day and feel like, who the fuck did I marry? You know what I'm saying? No, I'm sorry, because I was just thinking about it. A lot of the men complain about American women being too masculine and um, they complain about women having a feminist mindset. 
of course the culture is not like that in other countries, but they're still, um, they can still be very deceptive, right? No, that's a fact. These motherfuckers heartless. These motherfuckers heartless, man. You rarely find people out here looking for love in, in today's society because you got to understand, like, it's classes and situations everywhere where you have people on top and people on bottom, on the bottom. And the people on the bottom, uh, a lot of the times it's hard for them to get to the top. And so when you raised in these different situations, motherfuckers, uh, it's a it's a level of um, you know, they not they not looking at life the way that you looking at. You know what I mean? It's a survival mindset. And the reason why they say females in America that way, the mindset is because they are in the survival. Most of them are in a survival mindset. You know what I mean? Like motherfucker coming from oppression. You know what I mean? So if I if my love come they, out, people ignore that fact, but that is very true. Like a lot of the black women in our communities too, if they didn't come from it, they come from someone who came from it, and a lot of the behaviors that they have are normalized, yeah, or were normalized as part of the culture. So, okay, let's switch gears a little bit. So. I'm sure you've seen everything all over the news with um, George Floyd. What are your thoughts about the rioting and protests and Black Lives Matter? Whoa. <laughs> now, uh, to be honest, uh, I feel like uh, we, we got we, we have to go back and we have to look at when it started. You know, it started with the uh, Maude Arbery situation first, which was two months old before we got it. And they actually dropped the story fresh out of quarantine. And um, they dropped it fresh out of quarantine. There was a lot of news going on around the world. I like to call it quote unquote white folks business. And so uh, we have to understand this 2020 is election year as well. And uh, the Democrats uh, have always, you know what I'm saying, ever since uh, coming out of the civil rights era, when JFK uh, and his brother Robert Kennedy helped Martin Luther King get out of jail, uh, black people had a uh, allegiance with the Democrats, you know what I mean? And so that's why a lot of people, especially growing up in the South, they had a picture of JFK on their wall with MLK and, and, and Jesus, goddamn, you know what I mean? But this is where that, that connection came from in the civil rights era. So they, um, the Ahmaud Arbery, that's why we see a lot of this, this uh, Black Lives Matter is being backed by Democrats, all the legislation and everything they pushing. So to me, it's a Democratic push, right? Because they end up dropping the tape the same week as his birthday, same week as Mother's Day. And they always like to get us in uh, an emotional uh, space, you feel me? And white folks know us. They know us, know us. And if you um able to create a person reality, then you can ultimately... Um, um know how they're gonna react and so uh this is a voting year and they pushing it on you know we got to get trump out and they bring out all the racist shit in america america being racist before 2020 before uh trump was in office and uh we've been riding with the democrats forever and they they never changed any any of these situations you know we ended a lot of this from the 1994 crime bill with joe biden put a hundred thousand cops on the street they uh funded the police um they they built more private prisons at that time you feel me and mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and so with them building private prison, they had to fill them up. And so you got the three strikes and you got the mass incarceration came after that. So this is a situation we in because of legislation passed by Democrats. And we fast forward now to 2020, we see the police brutality. We see all this, they asking to defund the police. The presidential candidate running right now actually is not for defunding the police. You know what I mean? But when we look in a lot of these states, like we'll take Georgia as example, they, uh, they just fired the cops or whatever. And uh, a lot of these people, these mayors and governors that from the Democratic Party that's pushing this is actually the same mayors and Democratic Party who signed legislation. They just charged them, too. Yeah. These are the same people that, that signed legislation going back in the uh, the COVID situation. You know what I mean? They signed legislation 2018 with the rise of the measles or whatever that took mandatory uh, uh, uh saying that you can't get exemption from um from vaccines or whatever and so that's where it all started from in 2018 2019 we did you know what i mean it was a lot of this legislation getting passed that led up to what took place through the COVID. and so this push with the black lives matter uh the situation um i brought it out on my channel or whatever the connection between the people who actually funding these democratic uh parties they put all of these mayors and governors in place that we here speaking out include uh keisha down down uh keisha down there in georgia to uh, a lot yeah, of these lands bottom yeah lands bottom even the mayor down there in, in in my city houston you feel me but uh a lot of the funding coming from the background the same funding that funded uh uh black lives matter 2015 i mean uh, black lives matter down in mike brown in ferguson which i was down there i was driving trucks then at the time and i actually got stuck down there in the rides you feel me so uh but i was there and, and uh in St. Louis when they had the rise for Mike Brown or whatever. And uh, you know what I mean? Like a lot of this shit here is being funded by these people. So even the protests, I was telling people that, hey man, the protest is, you know what I'm saying? These motherfuckers, this shit is organized. And then three, four days later, they came out and said, hey man, it's the protest, they started catching white folks, putting Black Lives Matter. And so it, it's, um, I got a, um, I mean, I understand what they doing and all of this shit here is coming from the left. You feel me? But uh, it's election year, so I'm not surprised at all. But as far as Black Lives Matter, the part that I take out of it is the good part that I, the positive part I take out of it is the attention that is actually gained. Because even over here, everywhere I go, they know I'm from America. They talk about it. They know George Floyd's name and everything. You know, positively, but, uh, are they talking yeah, positively? Positive? Oh, okay. Yeah, positively, and you know, they are like. My heart goes out to y'all. And so the world see what it's doing to us. And so I say we take this um, this push or this momentum that we have. And uh, we have the eyes on us right now. And it's going to take for us to collectively come together. We need legislation and shit passed. We need some real solutions at this time. Uh, so uh, that is the positive part I take out of it, the attention that is grasped of the world. You know what I mean? We are moving into a... a we are moving into a new generation and a lot of these kids who first time was in these marches, which we know uh, been orchestrated and paid for even through the civil rights where they came out and they pushed the peaceful protests and all of this, the hands up, don't shoot. And with these paid protesters and riders come in, they looting and shit and burning shit down and all that. And we have a generation coming up and they first time out here in the marches is not so peaceful. You know, they burning shit down, they tearing shit up. And a lot of legislation get passed through this a small situation. Right. Don't you think it's necessary? Like, you know, I oh, hear yeah. people 
yeah, like I think that everything that's being done is necessary for for us to uh, exact change. Yeah, so I, you know, um, I, it's some negative to it, but I, I, it is some positive to it too. And uh, that, like, like Concrete said, that's the most positive part I've seen. That is actually um, the next generation. You know, they first time in a situation like this here wasn't hands up, don't shoot, peaceful protest. You know what I'm saying? They burn shit down, toast it up, and they got a lot of people's attention. I agree. I want to send a shout out to King De La Asa for the super chat. He said, for women in the chat, what are the top three things that a man must possess for you to even consider doing poly? Donations matter too. You damn right, King De La Aces. Thank you so much. That's what's up, King De La. So, um, do you think that the majority? Okay, because I think we've seen a rise in men, um, Republican. How do you think this uh, election will fare out this time around? I think Trump gonna win easy. I think this is going to be one of the most easiest uh, one-sided ass-whoopings in um, in history of the polls. Yeah. Um, It's been interesting to watch. I'll tell you why. like Because they put Joe Biden there. And Joe Biden come from the racist Dixiecrats. All of the Jim Crow laws and all of the, the land, the, whether the taking of our land, the, the quote-unquote uh, um, uh, racism, white supremacy, and, and the systematic racism that was set in place was created by these people who taught, like you, we go back to Eastland, who taught Joe Biden. He, he was against uh, the civil rights, but they sent Joe Biden on the civil rights side to um, basically like a spook that said by the door. And so he don't like, but it's so much like he came and asked him about reparation. He said he'd be damned if he uh, uh, take responsibility for something that happened 300 years ago. You know what I mean? Uh, he also was against the, at that time, they was talking about integrating the schools or whatever. And he was, he, he was uh, opposed to integrating the schools. He said it'll be like uh, gorillas. And you know what I'm saying? Coming into school. Wow. Yeah, wow. it'll be a jungle. They'll turn it into a black kid to turn it into a jungle. So he was against that busting the but kids. But you got school. black people calling that man Uncle Joe. Yeah, yeah. We we something else, you know, our people something else. And then um what what else he did? Like I said, the mass incarceration came in the nineteen crime ninety-four crime bill. He came out and said, even though we created these people in their situations. We need to lock them up. We need to get them off our street. They predators. He talked about the babies growing up 15 years from now. They going to uh, be predators or whatever. And so he was real key on getting that, that 94 crime bill, which, which caused the mass incarceration. Clinton, all of them came out and apologized. They didn't mean it. Bobby Rush, all of them came out and apologized. But he's still caping for it. Because in the end, Joe Biden been a race. He got caught saying so much. If y'all go watch my channel, I got so many tapes on Joe Biden coming out of his mouth on how he really feel about us but it's uh he won't he not talking about getting black folks reparation at all you know what i mean and so i just feel like they caping and like he came out and told people you ain't if you don't vote for me you ain't black which means you ain't got a mind of your own that was absurd. Do what Master said. 
But this is gonna be easy right here because okay. Trump ain't asked black so, folks to vote for him because he know he don't need black folks to win. He know all them racist white folks gonna vote for him and white America gonna vote for him. But so. you do see that Trump is um, doing some level of I, I wouldn't call it pandering, but he you know he saw that he met with um, the families of the family, yeah. yeah, and uh, Lee Merritt and everything, and he's he's he um, actually is submitting a list of recommendations to for states to follow regarding uh, police brutality. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's political, and see that's why these cases were brought in the for, in the forefront. I mean, black men die every day to police brutality, or they're um, victimized in some form or way in police brutality, or the system of uh, criminal justice in some type of way. And so, um, the fact that they they broadcasted all over, it became political. Joe Biden sp uh spoke at the funeral for George Floyd and. You know, on, on taping or whatever, he met his kids. Yeah, that was crazy too. Yeah, so it, it's real political, and they using it for their gain. You know, they they not sincere about it. But as far as with Trump, uh, employment rate and all that, HBCUs got more money than they ever got uh, uh, since London B. Johnson. You know what I mean? Like it, he have did he did better. So you than you Trump. support Trump? Are you are you nah. a Republican? No, 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 no. I don't <laughs> I don't believe in the system at all. You feel me? Because I know yeah, they both against it. And they ain't got nothing for us. But uh, now I'm just pointing out that he did do that, you know what I mean, when other people had the chance to. Danny must have stepped away. Um, no, my um, microphone keeps going. Like, I can't, like, the volume keeps going in and out. I don't know. So, um. Do you have time to open it up a little bit, Top Cat? Yeah, we can open it up. I got uh, I got uh, probably about a good uh, twenty minutes left. Okay, okay, okay. We can it. open it up, and then um, if you know we have more, if, you know, if the dialogue is good uh, and Top Cats has to leave, we'll we'll still chop it up for a bit. Okay, so. Hold up just a second. What percentage of men do you think cheat? Uh, 80, 85. 85%. 88. <laughs> 88, geez. Okay. Have you ever got caught cheating before? Nah. Never. Ever. Never. Damn, you slow. I caught somebody, though. I caught somebody. You caught somebody? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Um, now I won't go into it. I won't go into it. <laughs> but now I caught somebody, though. Um, all right, I'll I put it like this here, right? I had left my uh, court date. And so I was, I had I had went to court. Them hoes offered me 15 years on this day. And uh, so I had went over here. I went to the female who I was, I was helping out too. You know what I'm saying? And, you paying bills and this hoe cheated on you. I, I, I'm taking care. I was taking care of a lot of people. You know what I mean? And uh, I went over there and she came, she came outside. 
And so she heard my music, whatever the music, and she came out there. She talking to me outside. I'm steady trying to walk to the house, towards the house. She steady trying. She ain't move. You know, she trying to keep me out here in the parking lot. And so I go upstairs. I go in, and uh, I went in the room. The door was cracked. I go in there, and the dude looking at the at the blinds. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> He looking at the blind, looking for me. Goddamn, I'm behind him. <laughs> you know, I just pulled my gun out and uh, I grabbed him by the back and shirt. I tell him to get the fuck out. Yeah. Fuck out. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that was that was a crazy situation right there. So, how long did it take you to leave her? Now I went with her, but she just she just had to figure it out yeah, on her own. You know, she lost her sponsorship. Oh goodness. Hey third horde. What's going on, bro? Yo, can y'all hear me? Yeah, yes. Okay. Uh first of all, uh shout out to you, Sister George, uh Concrete Rose and uh what's a damn deal, bro? Topcast, you already know what it is, bro. My H Town brother, what's going on? What's up? What's up? What's up with it, homie? Shit, chilling, bro. Shit, I just had to, you know what I'm saying, hop on, you know what I'm saying, and just chop it up, you know what I'm saying, with you and Sister George and Concrete and shit. Yeah, man, I was listening to a lot of the shit that you were saying, and um, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say the one area that me and you uh kind of have in common is that, like, when you was basically talking about how, like, even though you grew up in the hood and shit, like, you kind of moved around a lot, that was kind of like my uh same situation, too. And, like, even though you said you stayed in, like, one particular area, I kind of moved around a lot, like, outside of just the area that I lived in. Like I, I lived up in, you know, you know, third world area downtown, kind of south side area till like maybe I got to high school then from there. And that's when I moved over there to the west over like an A Leaf area. Cause at that time that's where I was going to school at, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, I, I done kind of moved around and seen some different things too. Only difference is I wasn't really like in those street games and no shit like that. I was just more just a hood nigga just kind of just, you know, going to school, doing my thing, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's how I was, man. I, I I lived in a lot of different neighborhoods from the east side to the north to the northwest. I lived in a lot of different spots. Yeah, I, I pretty much been back and forth between like the south side and pretty much like the west and like anywhere in between. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of wild. And being in uh, what a lot of people don't know is uh, uh, that George Floyd dude that got killed. He's actually from my uh neighborhood. He's from Third War or whatever. Like a lot of people don't even know that. You know what I'm saying? But it was just crazy what happened to that uh man, you know what I'm saying? But like I just I just find it kind of crazy that it took somebody from like my neighborhood and shit to get the whole world kind of like just shaking up and you know what I'm saying, kind of just, you know, in in the whole tizzy, you know what I'm saying? That shit kind of crazy to me. So have you seen a lot of traffic throughout um third ward? Well, let me say this right now. I'm not currently living home right now. Right now, I'm actually out of state going to college and shit. But, uh, shit, I talked to like my folks from back home who still live in the neighborhood, just live on the south side of Houston. And, uh, they pretty much told me that, you know, like it's kind of been died down now because it's been like a few weeks since all of that shit popped off. But, I mean, they basically were saying when that whole situation happened, like the aftermath of that was pretty bad. That, you know, that they was like down, they was like in downtown Houston, and you know, fucking up shit and, you know what I'm saying, you know, rioting and all that kind of stuff, protesting. So, and I think I, if somebody sent me like a footage or a video of it, you know what I'm saying? And it was, it was looked like it was pretty bad. Mm, yeah, I figured I'm, it probably would be pretty bad in Houston, especially since that's where he was from. 
Yeah, and I'm supposed to be going back home uh, next month for vacation and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I see. I guess I see how it is when I go down there. But uh, yeah, man, it's from what I heard, it's been crazy though. You know what I'm saying? And then the last time I went home, which was like maybe a couple of years ago, uh, like my neighborhood is kind of like it's kind of like maybe five ten minutes away from uh, downtown Houston, where like all the corporate jobs and you know sports teams and all that kind of stuff is there. So like right now, what's going on with my neighborhood is it's pretty much getting gentrified because all the white folks that work downtown and shit, they're working them good corporate jobs. They want to, you know, they was living like out in the country and shit, but they was driving all the way from the country to downtown to go to work. But now I guess they want to live closer. So they kind of like clearing out everybody that, you know, basically living like public assistant homes and shit like that. And pretty much they just like gentrifying that whole little area and neighborhood. Cause like I said, it's like five, 10 minutes away from downtown. Mm-hmm. So, with you being in um, Dubai, has people um, been cool because you're an American? Um, have they treated you different because you're black? Because the time I was in Dubai, and I want to say I went to Abu Dhabi, but when we went to Abu Dhabi, it were hella racist over there. But when we were in Dubai, it was just like um, trying to understand the culture and then the men actually have the right away with everything, right? And oh, so, yeah. like, the women actually walked, um, I think, like, 10 paces behind the man. I remember um, going to Dubai's mall, and I think they had, like, a Walmart type of deal in there. And I was standing in line, and a man just came and jumped in front of me, and I'm like, what the fuck? Well, I ain't saying nothing, though, because I ain't want to go to jail for anything. But Were you in uniform? No, um, you still like in the military, you had to be um, dressed extra conservatively. So we weren't allowed to go out with a lot of skin showing. I don't even think we were allowed to wear shorts at the time. But when we got out, we saw people dressed all kind of ways. Well, like women, like white women from other countries, which I thought was interesting as well. Oh yeah, them white girls, they be having that ass. I never look what little ass they got. They be having that poke showing. You know what I'm saying? They got never uh, uh white meat showing, but yeah, that <laughs> so does that <laughs> top cats do how are like the Africans though, or um towards like you being that or towards African Americans, period, but like does there seem to be a sense of unity over there and how do they treat you? Oh man, um Americans, black Americans need to give that uh brother Africans, our brother, sister shit up. I'm telling you. Oh, pan-African mindset. These people do not see you as their motherfucking brother or sister. Mm-hmm. You are not even next on the list when it comes to these motherfuckers. Now, yeah. and, and, you know, and, I, and I come from a perspective of like, you know what I'm saying? If I'm a fuck with a female, she's going to be black. And so naturally, I only talk to black people. You feel me? Whether it's they African, their black friends, or from the UK or whatever. But out of all the other ones, you feel me? That was more susceptible to to me coming from this culture. African women look at uh, black men like niggas. They feel like, and and I I didn't hear all the stereotypes. You have north, south, east, and west. Goddamn! And I didn't I didn't tap in with all of them. Ethiopians, all of them. You feel me? They do not, first of all, they don't feel like we're the same people. They just don't. Mm-hmm. They do not feel like we are the same people as them. 
They are Africans and they got a lot of pride in being African. They are tribal as hell. Why would they why would they accept us as their brother and sister when it can be somebody from a different tribe exactly. or different country they that's tribal country with, that they, they tribal don't with people yeah. from uh, 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 Africa, even West Africa, like the East that they're, they're actually from Africa, what side? East Africa, North Africa, West Africa, South Africa. Then they'll hit up, I'm from Ghana, I'm from uh Nigeria, I'm from Uganda, I'm from Cameroon. And then they'll bang their tribe after that. You feel they don't, but when it comes to America, they feel like you are a American. When it comes to American men, they feel like American men are bullshit. They feel like they try to talk to a lot of women. They feel like American women, men don't have no value, don't know how to talk to women. And they told me that American men beat oh. women. So oh, yeah, American wow. men beat women. You feel me? Like, hey, oh, yo. Now, top kids, bro. No, top kids, bro. You you ain't lying, bro. Cause like I said, you know me and you both from Houston, right? And I'm gonna say this. You know, my father's side of the family is Colombia, right? But my mother's side is Ethiopian, right? And anybody that ever been to Houston before, it's a big African community in Houston. You got uh, it's mostly uh, Ethiopians and Nigerians. They they pretty much run a lot of the businesses that be in Houston, especially like you talking like the black owned businesses and stuff like that, right? And what everything that top kid said is true because. Like, I'm going to be honest, like, I love my mom's side of family, my Ethiopian side of family, but I, I kind of rock more with my father's side of family because, like, I could be myself around them. Like, and I ain't going to lie, like, I got my ways about me, you know, even, you know, I'm from the hood and shit, you know, I got my, my nigga ways and all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know how to, you know, I know how to act like I got some goddamn sense when I'm in public and shit, but, like, my fucking uh, mother's side of family, they just be, like, so uptight about every fucking thing. So, like, I just try to... You know, uh, I go see them every now and then, you know, just on some like, you know, shit just to go visit and shit. But for the most part, what he's saying is true. Like they be like, you know, they kind of look at you just like differently. Even if you like I said, even if the fact that I am, you know, Ethiopian from my mother's side, you know, they'll be like, well, you American. You wasn't raised over there. So, yo, views and just the way your upbringing is different and shit like that. And I've even tried talking to uh, like certain ethiopian chicks or like nigerian chicks that came from you know the motherland and came over to houston whatever and they just not like feeling that shit you know what i'm saying like they just ain't feeling that shit at all like you could be about your business and have your best shit together. black they, people want to claim yeah. everybody is their brethren yeah top cast you tell them the truth bro like that that's how they be though like for real you know what i'm saying well i got a cousin that married into my family and she was saying that um her family didn't want her to marry my cousin because he was an american and they basically have the same stereotypes like he's a thug they beat women they um are womanizers what have you and so i thought that was crazy i'm telling like, you wow i got 13 percent left i'm gonna tell this this story real quick probably. and look i'll I be um uh, i've been telling motherfuckers man the all these African women, if they do fuck with you, it's gonna you're gonna have to get them something. You know what I'm saying? No matter what they value is, you feel me? Even though a nigga really uh uh lowering motherfucking standards to talk to you, you know what I'm saying? Cause a lot of these motherfuckers don't be put together. Not how I like I like them anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I trying to uh that old cause they black shit or they melanated and I'm telling you, man, let that listen. First of all, they gonna tell you that they history tell them that your ass ain't ain't them anyway. You know what I'm saying? I had this shit so many times sitting there and got in it, but after they'll get to know you, you know what I'm saying? You'll see that it's a it's a motive why they gonna fuck with you. Like I say, I run a woman ass, I'm gonna run your ass off 
on the first conversation, we sit down anyway. So if you thought I fuck around and ask you for some money, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna run your ass off. But it was a situation. Look, I was about to leave one day, and uh, I was cool with this little female or whatever, man. And I had got a Cartier bracelet or whatever, and so she did some shit I ain't like. So I say I ain't, I ain't gonna uh, pop it out on her, right? Because I wanted to make this create this little love story, motherfucker. Uh, on the, you know, I, I leave, motherfucker, run to me like uh, Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston in the bodyguard. You know what I'm saying? It's so, like I'm finna get down on oh, one of them. Yeah, I'm finna get down on one of them. You feel me? I'm finna make a storybook on one of these hoes. So I uh I didn't give it to her. So I'm coming off the escalator. I'm gonna do my my coming out the escalator, and it was a little chick come hit the corner. Little short, sexy motherfucker, man. Hips and ass, man. And uh she was a Muslim. And so I'm I'm shooting at her boom, boom. She ain't she, she acting like she don't hit me or whatever. I say, Why you looking like that? You too pretty to be man. Who did it? What's wrong? Who did it? And so uh, I'm, I'm start walking behind. I'm just going boom, 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 boom. I'm talking shit, swallowing spit, fast like flash. So she turned around, boom. She's like, man, I gotta go to work or whatever. So she gave me a number, or whatever, and I hit her. And at night, I said, hey, man, I leave tonight, and uh, I leave tonight or whatever. And so she's like, well, I want to see you before you leave. So I come back, we talking, we sitting at the Starbucks. It's like this little waterfall at the bottom. You can look, see the little waterfall, or whatever. And so I tell her, give me a hand. Well, I chopped it up for a little while. Like, okay, she cool, boom, boom. And she was genuine, you know what I mean? I, you know, off the, 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 when I met her or whatever, she was humble. And so uh, I say, uh, I, I reached down the table, said, give me a hand. I put the bracelet on her, right? <laughs> put the bracelet on her or whatever. And she, she tripped out or whatever. And so she say, um, if you don't come back, if you don't come back for me, then I throw the bracelet in the water, in the waterfall. I come back here in six months, because she said, when you come back, I say, in six months. She say, six months, you ain't here. Then I throw the bracelet in the uh, waterfall. We got to deal. I'm like, yeah. So she tell me, uh, you know, uh, I would, uh, I swear to Allah, I would save my soul for you if you come back for me. And I told her, I'll come back in six months. Boom, boom. She was like, if you don't, I'll throw it in the waterfall or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But I, yeah, I got down on it. I ain't talked to her ever since, though. You know what I'm saying? Cause I wanted her to take it down, but I said, yeah. She came up then. Yeah, she came up. She can have it though. You feel me? She can have let me, it. <laughs> let me say this real quick, man. Uh, it, I got nine percent for to get out. But look, watch this here. I met. I finally met an American girl. But look, I met some chicks that weren't black. I met some chicks that weren't black. Didn't want nothing. We went Ferrari. That I was in the Lambo. They was in the Ferrari. We went out beach parties, beach clubs, and whatever. They paying for everything, whatever. And then there was two of them, one from uh, Morocco, one from Paris or whatever. But these people, I met a, a famous uh, Persian singer here. She's in uh, here, motherfucker rich. You know what I'm saying? But it was like the, the females that I had the best experience with, they weren't black. I ain't touch them, I ain't hug them, I ain't fuck them, I ain't do none of that with them. But the ones that really wanted me for me wasn't black. And that fucked me up. But I met a, 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 a American today. I met an American today. Fuck me up. I thought she was African, though. A black American? Yeah, because she had a mask on or whatever. Then when I got up to her, I say, oh, she was eating. I say, what's up, you Shan? She and she was like, oh, I'm not. Say it again. I said, she ain't out there doing what girls in Dubai do. No, no, no. She a teacher. She a teacher. And so, uh, oh, okay. yeah, I was like, oh, okay. And so, yeah, that's how I met her. She said, yeah, I'm American. Man, you don't know how good I felt. This is the first American I've met since I've been here. 
You feel me? And then she was she better than way all them Africans. You understand me? And uh, we, <laughs> yeah, we sat down, man. I sat there for like an hour and a half, chopped it up with her, man. And uh, you know they ain't got no sex toys, they ain't got no porn out here. You can't get on the web, you know that freaky shit. You know what I'm saying? She said she ain't been fucking with none of these niggas out here. I said, oh yeah, I didn't. You know what I'm saying? She got all type type of. Oh, freaky you gonna shit. be out there another six months? Yeah, y'all probably don't see me the 22 in the morning. This time, <laughs> gotta get in that, man. Get top taking the advantage. I gotta get in this, man. Quick, man, I wish I would have had that Cartier bracelet. Got there, I'd have gave it to the wrong person. <laughs> hey, you, you, you should have kept that, motherfucker, man. But uh, let, let, let me say this real quick and then I'm gonna hop off or whatever. Um, here's the thing it, when he was talking about like the African women and stuff like that that be over here that come from like you know from overseas and stuff like that it's not that they don't like because this is what I noticed it's not that they don't like uh you know like the whole American culture or the American like charisma and swag of a man I hate using that word swag but anyway um they like that shit it's just that they want they man to have that shit or men from their country so what a lot of times what I notice is they'll do is they'll wait to whatever man that they wanted to come from over there to come over here to America and then they'll just pretty much just, you know, lace them up in the typical, you know, typical yeah, uh, American nobody... gear that men wear and that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what they Af- tend to African do. men can't pull it off, though. Well, that's what they do, though. You know what I'm saying? I know that's what they do because when they come over here, you know, they come over here with the African garments and stuff. And I'm not clowning them for that because I know that's, the, that's what they do. That's their culture. But they, you know what I'm saying? They'll take them out of that shit and they'll put them in some American type clothes and that type of stuff. That's what they tend to do. Hey, African be Gucci and Louis down. Yeah, it, hey, Hell yeah. Look like an African man and, and Gucci and Louis. And, 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 and they look crazy. And you know how they say the man make the clothes, clothes make the man. But them clothes yep. make that motherfucking ass. You know what I'm saying? But and, uh, and don't get it twisted. You got uh you got them Africans that come from over there that come over here and, and not all of them be having, you know, coming from money and having businesses and stuff like that. Like some of them come over here and they be hustling and stuff too, you know what I'm saying? You know. Selling dope and all that kind of stuff is just that they'll mess with them before they mess with uh just a, an American dude that's you know on that type of stuff. So that's I will say that they tend to be loyal to you know they men. You know what I'm saying? I will give them credit for that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's interesting because African men love African American women, and not and it's not just a fetishized mm-hmm. thing. Like African men try to get into relationships with African American women. Yeah, they do, but they women they women are prideful. They'll rather take a man from where they from before they take it. And that's why I say African American men ain't on the list. Yeah, they, they do love that second that paper. But they're not from here, then yeah. <laughs> we ain't taking up there. They'll take a white boy before they take our ass. They looking at the Arab before they take nah, a white boy over an African man. No, nah, that's facts. Everything top is that's facts. So I've seen it happen. You know what I'm saying? If they can't get they they African man from where they from to come over here and all that stuff, like he said, they're gonna go to to the to the white dude. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what they tend to do. So because yeah, white dudes are suckers. Why well, not just that? that. As a, if you want a white partner, looked at as a sign of status in many African co- cultures. Facts. That's the vibe of mindset I was talking about. Hey, I gotta, I gotta hop off. I got four percent left, man. I appreciate y'all though having me on, man. That was thank I'm, I'm you for coming. Right, Take care of yourself. Thank you man. so much for coming. Um, yeah, I'm gonna hop off too, uh, Sister George and Concrete Rose. I appreciate y'all. I just want to hop on here for a little bit, but I, I appreciate y'all though. All right, thank, thank you. you. Right, take care for a while. All right. Uh, Top Cats. Um, you know you gotta come back through and holler at us. This is a good one. 
I'm down. Yeah, it, it was good. Time flew by. Yeah, and shout out to Caramelized Sugar. She was saying that that was the diaspora issue. That's a diaspora issue. Others do the same. And she said, wrong concrete, maybe for dating, but not for marriage. And I think she was referring to. Oh, yeah, um, she African. may be right about that. Uh, yeah. I, I know two African men that married um, African American women, but it was also green card stuff. Yeah. But green cards, man. That's all they need. That's all they need. No offense, so, business. What's going on, Obsidian? Hey, oh. You meet yourself, Obsidian. He's on mute. Um, Chaos, what did you want to say about the topic while I, Obsidian is? I want to say this. Um, there we go. Okay. You got to make a decision. They can change stream. It, uh, ladies, you want to make a decision. You want to do that? Doesn't cheat? Oh, right. Hello. All right. Yeah, I'm listening. Um, you gotta make a decision. The who you select as your mate to either go all the way in or go subpar. Most dudes, on the average, yeah, they will, they will love that polygamous lifestyle. That's only what you women allow, you know. And I think a sitting. I'm not sure if you did a show today. A sitting on this. That you know, if you want to cut your chances on this, you're going to, have to go for the dude that's not going to be able to be either select or doesn't have the pipe perpetually of cheating because of his chances. Is that right, um, old man, or I'm wrong on that? Uh, I have no idea what you just said. He said uh, basically okay. select men cheat. Well, I, I disagree with the premise. So, okay. I, I say some black men cheat. Oh. That that would be true. Okay. Some black men cheat. Yeah, sir. Okay. Uh -oh. That would be okay. true. But to, say, but to say just in a kind of categorical type of way that black men, as a general proposition, cheat, I wouldn't disagree. I, I would disagree with that. Would you say it was because I think you had conflicting numbers from what I've actually heard. And I think you said maybe one third of black men cheat. It's more like uh, around 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 one fourth. Of really? Black women. And top cats okay. are eighty five percent, eighty eight percent. No. Well, what I thought was interesting because I actually heard Tariq Nasheed on a Breakfast Club interview, and I know he said it was more than that. No. Uh, Institute of Family Studies has uh, done a really good um, uh, study on this. About How did they quantify it? Uh, right. Surveys. Oh, self, self, self-reporting. Yes. Right. And uh, um, and uh, it's around twenty-five percent of black men cheat on their wives. So now they do. Now I will say this: black men cheat more than any other group of men in America. I'll, I'll grow along with that. In terms of that twenty-five, roughly twenty-five percent, but um, the majority of black men don't cheat. No. Okay, so I'm kind of glad you came up here, right? So I am too. Uh, thank you. I was listening to Kevin Samuels the other day, and he had a caller on, right? So I think the caller was um, in a relationship where she was married. Um, I think she called the husband cheating. She left the husband. She took the child with her. And she ended up in a worse off 
financial position. Oh, you're talking about the chick from Washington, D.C., I mean, Washington State? Yeah. I think that, I think yeah, that's I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because she made an emotional decision to move on, but as you know, she has no skills. So when Kevin Laird had it, he, he let it know me simply, you know, you don't walk out of a situation like that, especially you, you know, not got your shit together. But, you know, everybody makes the decisions. So if the man was cheating on her, right, and she's not in a financial, a good financial position, should she stay in so she gets into a good financial position? You asking me? I'm asking the panel, the chat, everybody. I'm asking. Pardon? No, go ahead. Listen, you can answer that. No, no I, my understanding of this situation was that the question was asked, why does she have custody of her son given her uh, weakened financial position? If the father and former husband has a stronger financial position, why is the son with the mother instead of the father? Mm. Um, I will say this. The reason for a check... <laughs> Okay, I don't get it. What are you laughing so that, about? That, that would be my position. Okay. You didn't hear what I said, Sister Joe George? No. A check. Because she knows she can't raise his boy. But the father's more suitable. So why should she just give cuss, full cuss to him? Simple, because it's an incentive. And, you know, she's fighting over him because of her feelings of being cheated on. So did you... Okay. Because it doesn't seem like men view them cheating like women view them cheating, right? And so men, women will sit around. It's almost like men don't really think that cheating affects women at a really great level. Like it's one of those things that they can get over. It's not a big deal whatever whatever but you know of course if the opposite happens um well i'm finding um something real strange in that situation because not as many men leave after being cheated on but that's another show um but it's like cheating does a lot of diminishing of a woman and i don't really think men um care about that a lot you asking me yeah well, I would say that cheating by definition is a selfish act. So I'm trying to understand why would why would anyone who considers themselves a reasonable and thoughtful person would want to ask somebody who is inherently selfish why it is they can't be reasonable and thoughtful. So you're saying Good that point. Okay. He's saying that um that they're they're engaging in a in a inherently selfish act. So of course they're not going to be thoughtful and considerate of your feelings and how that affects you because they're doing something that is is inherently selfish. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's the true. that's the fundamental problem with black women. See, black women want cads to be dads. That's not going to happen. So this is where chaos was was mentioning 
the show I was on earlier with Bernie. The fundamental problem with black women is there's billions of dollars being made in this. You're not going to you're not going to get a cad to be a dad, ladies. If you are concerned about cheating and they are black women's number one concern. In the in the dating and relationship issues are black men cheating. Number one, stop dealing with black men who cheat. There is a profile. It is. It's not perfect. It's not science. Yeah, but I gotta know what they look like. Yeah. They are there are signs. Number two, you gotta get with well, the guys who are less likely to cheat on you. Yeah. So go back. Change, change the guys who you're really hot, uh, hot in the pants for to get them to change into being a dad. That's like me trying to change Cardi B and making her June Cleaver. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna what's, happen. What's the profile of a cheater though? Um, as a general proposition, this is a, this is the part that um, chaos might have heard this earlier. Um, me and Alan Roger Curry had an interesting exchange, and he had noted, pardon, shout out to him. He had noted that a recent article I wrote, which will appear in my upcoming book, the Book of Obsidian, um. He said, you know, you, you're telling these guys to play to their strengths, you know, which is, I, I don't have a problem with that, but why are you having this debate about educated lames? And I explained to him, I'm, I'm responding to black women who have had, you know, complaints for decades about the men that they deal with. My message to those ladies is that if you want a different outcome, you got to use a different input. It really is that simple. Easier said than done, but it is simple. If you want a different outcome, you got to use a different input. Okay. So, of course, we could definitely eliminate the guys that are swagged out. Because generally, we can say those guys are generally cheaters. Would that be a correct assumption? Generally speaking, yes. Okay. And the problem for black women, and that was the point of my most recent article, you, 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 we all know about black women's lists. So you got to be this, 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 you know, you got a ridiculous number of items on the list. And I examined a very famous one. You know, this black woman is with Steve Harvey and Oprah Winfrey, and she has a 43-point checklist, right? And I had noted that the top 10 items on the list of that top 10, half were focused on physicality. Intelligence came in dead last of the top 10. So you're saying... Half... Physicality half, intelligence last, dead last. So a sit-in, what that tells you when they, what they really look for, mate, they look for somebody that looks good but is stupid as fuck. And like a better word. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And there lies so, the problem. <laughs> so you don't think that black women and, and are the problem that Alan had, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I want you to go ahead. Go ahead. No, okay. Uh, the problem that Alan had was that I had argued 
in a previous column, which again will be in the book of Obsidian, I was following up on another column that I wrote, also will be in the book of Obsidian, about Antoine Fuqua and his mm -hmm. cheating on his wife, Layla Rashawn, in this particular instance, because he's a serial cheater with, ch with multiple children outside of his marriage, I might add. Uh, in this particular case with the notorious homewrecker, Nicole Murphy. I had made the argument that there have been studies done that prove that shorter-statured men make better husbands than taller-statured men. Th these are not my opinions. These are the results of actual research and studies. And Allen couldn't accept those studies. And I said, well, I'm not asking you to accept it, Alan, because I'm dealing with reason. You're not. See, if you come to me with evidence, because I proceed from the premise of dealing with reason, if you come with me with evidence that something is so, unless I can get countervailing evidence, I have to accept the premise. So if the argument is that black women have a major concern with black men cheating on them, okay, then we have to consider who are the men that are doing all the cheating? Well, see, that that's something that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. You said this study that you read said the majority of black women um, – Cheating was probably the main thing that they didn't want black men to do, right? Well, you, don't need to, you don't need to study for that. I mean, any black relationship issues, which are until very recently was driven by black women themselves, the number one concern they had, as we're talking about this right now, do black women need to accept that cheating is part of the culture? So black women have driven this discussion for decades. The number one concern I would say black women have in this regard is cheating. My response is, what do these guys look like? Is there a profile that we can assemble? Let's, let's approach this like a criminal investigator, law and order. Can we assemble a profile? Does a profile emerge? Well, because... Can we then come up with correctives for that? You know, it's interesting. I talked about this before. Among black men, okay, I'm going because this is black black American society, and this does. I, I have a number of questions I would like to ask you, ladies, too. By the way, I want to ask uh, Top Cat, but he had to go because his phone was uh, running out of juice. So I'll pose the questions to you, ladies, instead. But I'll get to that in a minute. But I said this before on a previous discussion here. I'll reiterate. You know, black men pretty much have a decent idea. Who's more likely among black women? Who's more likely to cheat on them? Who's less likely to do it? Who's more likely to be a manipulative time laster? And who's less likely to do it? We, we, we have a general. It's not scientific. It's not perfect. But it is a, a, a kind of, you know, rough. We have a kind of rough approximation. We're reasonably certain 
that the Cardi B's of the world are going to be more likely to cause a problem than the Myra's from Family Matters. All things being equal. We, yeah. we, we have a pretty decent sense of that. Right. Which probably explains why, even in the black manosphere, you don't hear a whole lot of discussion about black men talking about black women cheating on them. Maybe the reason why, unlike with black women, maybe the reason why is because black men understand the types of black women who are likely to do that. Eh, eh. No, I, I don't think that men are coming about people betraying them because it's a sign of weakness. And when you come into a space like the black manosphere, um, men aren't going to be as forthcoming because every little thing that y'all do, y'all get a, accused of being a simp when, when y'all admit to certain things. So I disagree that men will actually be forthcoming about bitches cheating on them. But you do have this space where, um, and, and to me, not only is the black manosphere um, a place for educated on um, business, um, tech, whatever, but uh, I feel like the majority come to the black manosphere because they have been hurt by a woman in some shape, form, or fashion. Now, I want to I want to respond to that and then ask you I a agree. question. I want to ask you a response. I want to respond and ask a question. My response I, I is my response is you're right. Um, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Uh, are there ancillary type of things around the black man's feet? Yes. But without question, what we can say for certain, and I have data to back me up on this, what we can say for certain is that black men are very interested, very concerned for whatever reason in relationship issues with black women all right we're very engaged on that i have data to bear that out data that just came just from this month from my facebook and instagram okay i have data on this thousands of people across the country black people now that leads me to my next question to you two ladies uh, Concrete Rose Daniel, my question is this. Do you consider the chief concerns and issues of the black manosphere to be legitimate or not, and why? Concrete, you want to go first? Sure. Um, personally, I consider the concerns of the black manosphere um, to be legitimate. Um, I think that they are legitimate because I have to admit within myself that I've seen examples, countless examples of the behaviors um, that are alleged being displayed, which leads me to believe that they are um, more common than not. So um, for that reason, I think that, you know, they, they have legitimate concerns. Um, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I would say is something is is a falsehood that's like just being passed i mean there are i think that there's overinflation of some things but for the most part i think yes that they're the concerns that are brought forth are legitimate in this space uh, uh daniel um i feel like the concerns that the black manosphere is absolutely valid um now it took me a while because i was on some cynthia g shit 
at one point in my life. And I felt say again. Could you explain what you mean by that? Cynthia G shit? Well, I don't understand. Well, I'm not even gonna say that. So let me just kind of scratch that. But I felt like, okay, everybody's dealt with rejection, everybody's been hurt before. Niggas just need to get over it. I got played, somebody else got played, get the fuck over it. But some of the concerns that they had were really legitimate because I saw guys from one end of the spectrum, like one part of the country. Like let's say I had a guy in Mississippi who agreed with the guys in California that women have um, these uh, certain things about them and women have a certain nature that has never been talked about and has never been brought forth. And so I was like, damn, they got a point there. Then I looked at my own self and understood some of the shit that I've done. And so I was like, damn, they got a point there. Damn, they got a point. Damn, that makes sense. And so I will say that, yeah, some of the concerns are absolutely legitimate. I don't agree with all of them, but some of them are definitely legit. Yes. Okay. So, so you know, as a, as a somebody in the black manosphere, let me lay out for you what my main issue is with black women. Okay. My main issue with black women is in, insofar as these relationship dynamics and issues are concerned. I don't like how black women scapegoat the brothers. They're not fucking for the problems with the black men. They are fucking. See, this is what, this is the Cynthia G shit. See, Cynthia G does that. She blames the problems that she's having on the black men she ain't fucking. Instead of taking her concerns to the black men she is fucking. And that's very common among black women. That's my main issue with black women. The, the scapegoating. Yeah, because you're trying to relegate um, mistreatment to one type of man. And when I've talked to black women, um, now I've had black women who've dealt with thugs all the way up to the guy who was all the way up on the corporate ladder. And, and, what, I said, and what I said was, I said cads, not dads, which are all over the socioeconomic spectrum. So I said, you're making the distinction between thugs. and all. No, I said cads and dads. And I said this in podcast form, cads and dads. A lot of black women want a certain type of character trait that is attractive to them. Look, we've gotten to the point where I've documented this again and again and again in print. I've done it over and over. It really is this simple, lady. There's a reason why we don't have a black tiger mom. You know, battle him and the tiger mother, Amy Choi. There's a reason why we don't have that. There's a reason why we don't have a black Susan Patton Princeton mom. They, the Asian women have the tiger mom. Jewish women have the Princeton mom. Black women have the baby mama. And the reason why is because of what they prioritize in a mate. I'm going to get the back with Asian and Jewish women have different priorities in a man than black women do. This is documented. Other black women have said it. 
Black women simply don't prioritize long-term mating traits in a man until they get into a long-term situation. Then it blows up, and now black men ain't shit. And okay, those dudes, I wanna, I wanna dudes are problems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I want to jump in, old man, because I came in right around the time when he was interesting enough, and that's happened to me before, when you were mentioning my name. So I heard you say something about Alan Roger Curry couldn't accept something. What did you say I couldn't accept? That there's a study, actually a number of studies, and that a very well-known and respected name in the relationship business, Mr. Evan Mark Katz, he's endorsed this. Oh, the study that, yes. you talked about early on, Bernard? Yes. Shorter stature men make better husbands. That's ah, not okay. my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right opinion. on that. You're right on that. I, I call bullshit on that. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. So, I call bullshit on that. Okay, okay. So what I said was correct then. Yeah. And what I'm saying, and what I'm saying to, and I'm I'm not I'm doing no different than Evan Marquette's here. I'm following his lead. He tells he's a white Jewish New York Jew living in California. He tells his white, Jewish, and Asian female client base. He's a, he's a dating coach for women. And he tells them, look, you got to cool out on all that chemistry shit. That's what, that's what white folks call it. That's what white women call it, chemistry. Black women don't use that word as much. They use other words. But what it comes down to is the hot guys. You got you to deal with compatibility. You got to prioritize compatibility over hotness, ladies. As a matter of fact, this is his famous line. Seven in, seven in hotness and chemistry, ten in compatibility. And guess what? That's it, it works for them, and here's the proof. He shows you the receipts. Every month, a woman is getting married over there. Evan Mark Katz, don't take my word for it. Go over there and see for yourself. Evan Mark Katz, Mark spelt with a C. Look it up for yourself. Most you women see. are willing to accept something like that. Like, I don't think most women think what I'm saying is that we don't have that in black America. There is no black Evan Mark Katz. There is no analog. That's the point. That's the point. Okay, well, I'm going to add a few thoughts based on what I've heard so far since I've been here, which again has only been briefly. Number one, as far as issue. I heard Sister George and, and Andor Concrete Rose addressing are things discussed in the manosphere, black manosphere, valid. And my response would be a lot of things, yes, and a lot of things, no. And I can't remember which one of you two hit it on the head, whether it's Sister George or Concrete Rose. But here's, here's the biggest talking point and commentary I have problems with among black men in the black manosphere is what I would essentially call sour grapes commentary. When somebody is refuting invalid things that black women say, which I will go ahead and give Obsidian his credit, that was one of the things when I first became cool with him that I did like about him. He was, he was very good at refuting invalid uh, assertions and stereotypes that black women would express about black men. So anything that falls in that category, I don't have a problem with. Matter of fact, I applaud it. But the reality is there's a lot of black men in this space. And I, and I, I know it's the truth and a lot of men know it's the truth. There's a lot of black men who are on here because they're simply bitter. They're bitter and resentful 
because the women they were attracted to rejected them and or ignored them. Rejected them and or ignored them, and they have never gotten over it, and they want to bitch about it. That's the group of men whose commentary and talking points get on my motherfucking nerves. I'm basically like, motherfucker, get over that shit. They get on my motherfucking nerves too, ARC. <laughs> she ain't attracted to you. Every man has to accept that there's a percentage of women that they're going to be attracted to that are not going to reciprocate their desires, interests, and intentions. And you just got to get over it. I just had a client yesterday where I had to basically admonish him in that regard because he was having that issue. He was having an issue with some women he was really attracted to in his past life that rejected him and or ignored him, basically never paid him attention. And he, he admitted that he, he couldn't get over that. I was basically like, I mean, what is like, motherfucker, you got to get over that shit, man. You can't let that shit hold you back. And so that's when people hear me admonishing black men doing what I like how I refer to as my angry vet angry rant type videos. I haven't done too many in recent weeks, but that's what provokes those, man. I get tired of these motherfuckers. Like this, I, I could name this guy, but I'm not. It's interesting. There's a not guy who used to be... Put a name uh, on it. No, no, no. This guy's not a content creator, but I have a guy who used to be a client of mine. Now, believe it or not, he's a follower of Obsidian. I've seen him in Obsidian's comment section. And he's totally different now. Like when he was a client of mine, he was all about trying to improve, trying to basically get better with women. And then I could see he had attorney. I have to give, I guess I'm sitting in credit. He must, I'm sitting, must have got resonated with him somehow. But now when I see him, whenever I see him coming in now, he has that type of sour grace bitterness. Like basically fuck all you bitches. Fuck all these black women. Black women ain't shit. Fuck them. Blah, blah, blah. That's all I see him talk about now. And I just see my head like, damn, this motherfucker used to follow me. Now all he's doing is doing the bitter, resentful, sour grapes routine. Okay, so that's this is interesting because I don't do that. I don't say fuck all black women. Black women ain't shit. I, I don't do that. Uh, well, I never, you, I, you know good well you have a lot of followers who do. <laughs> I would dare you to say you don't have followers. Wait a minute. You Wait a minute. Once I can't hear you. Well, I would say you you may not do that, although I've heard you do it at times, but you may not regularly do I that. Say all black women ain't shit. I've never done that. But you I've never done that. You for damn sure have followers who feel that way. You for damn sure have followers who feel that way. Wait, 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 wait. Wouldn't you because it's almost kind of like you're being disingenuous right now, Obsidian, because okay. you have definitely gone in on black women, but you do um give a uh, a disclaimer and you always say not yeah, on he's very careful with his wording. Right, but you do go in on black women. Right? I do, and I'm very careful with what with, with my wording. I am. So that so I, I I'm I'm trying. I mean, you can make a leap, but that but that would be an act on the individual, not me. I don't I don't yeah. I don't I'm not responsible for how other people think or interpret what I say. When I when by C Rose's own admission, I'm very careful with my words. You are careful with your words, but you do realize if you are pushing a certain message, you're going to attract a certain type of people. Correct. Well, again, I can't be responsible 
for how other people interpret what I say, especially if we all agree I'm very careful with what I say. Okay. I, I just want to be responsible for that. I feel like the black women that fuck with thugs should die in a pool of their own excrement. No, that's right? not what I said. That's not how what I said. What I said was messing around with persons like me who is expected to be the cleanup man to bail black women out directly or indirectly from the results and the outcomes of their bad personal mating choices and decisions. I will leave them where they are. There's a very, and Alan is a movie buff, so he'll know this scene very well. Toward the end of Batman Begins, which, Alan, you might not know this, I am the, when I, when I got started doing this, Obsidian Radio, and I did a lot of research. I did about six months worth of research. One of the things I did for research was watch the film Batman Begins because I wanted to understand thoroughly Bruce Wayne's psychology. And there's a scene toward the end where he's confronting Raz al Ghul on the train. And the train splits in half. Batman gets the ready to glide off. Before he does, he says to Raz al Ghul, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Mm-hmm. That's my position. Okay. Well, I, I wouldn't say you're careful with your words 100% of the time. I would say the vast majority of the time you are, but I wouldn't say 100% of the time. But you do have a disclaimer where you do say multiple times, I'm not talking about 100% of black women. I'm talking about 51% or greater so I've heard you say that definitely multiple times. But the reality is, you know, there's that old adage, perception is reality. Your perception, particularly among most black women and even among a lot of black men, is that you have severe issues with black women. Disclaimer or no disclaimer, that's your perception. And, and, that, would be, and that would be correct. And like Sister George and or Country Rose said, you attract I know from reading some of the guys who I'll see in the comment section of your videos, you attract a lot of brothers who have, who do pretty much hate all sisters. You might not say I hate all sisters, but you definitely have followers of yours who I've seen say, I hate all these black bitches. Fuck all these black bitches. And again, my former client now is one I've of them. seen that too. My former client. I tripped out when I saw him a few times. I was like, damn. This brother, he because he went in on me a couple times. When I used to do Skype consultations, he showed me nothing but respect. He used to be like, Alan, man, I love all your books, man. But his issue, and I guess a lot of people can relate to you because you bring up the height issue. His issue always was his height. He's a, he's a short brother. He's like about five, 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 six. And that was always his number one insecurity. He, he would tell me, he said, man, I think a lot of sisters ignore me in favor of of taller brothers and it bothers me and this relates to your article you brought up on bernard riley what i would basically tell him in one way or another is that you gotta learn to number one accept your height not treat it as an insecurity i go with the half the four ounces in the eight ounce glass four ounces of water eight ounce glass you can look at that as half empty or half full it's all about perspective i said man ain't nothing you can do it ain't like you can go to a plastic surgeon and become six foot three so I said, you just got to accept your height, make the best of it. Don't treat it like it's something undesirable. 
And he would always nod his head, like, yeah, I understand that. But then the very next Skype consultation, he would inevitably bring it up again. And then next thing I know, I didn't hear from him. So I said, okay, I guess he don't want to be a client no more. And then a few months later, all of a sudden, I start seeing him in your, your uh, comment section. Yeah, I have no idea who this – well, I don't want you to put it Again, I'm, giving, I'm not going to call him out. Yeah, I don't want you to identify him. Yeah, but I have no idea who this guy is. But I'll, let me say this. Um, see, the thing about me, then I'm going back to the point that Danny and, and Concrete Rose made about – I talked about this the other day on um, Bernard Riley's channel. Um, there's, a, there's a woman, um, white lady. Named Brienne Brienne Brown, right? You can see, you can look her up on YouTube. She's giving a lot of talks, TED talks, stuff like that. She talks about the power of vulnerability. See, I agree with Danny and Concrete Rose to this extent. Black American culture, all right. Black American society is very, um, very mean. To tell you the truth, we 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 have taken what we call roasting. Toasting, capping, playing the dozens, busting. You know, we've taken it and make, brought it to a high art. And we're particularly, you know, cooking and all that sort of thing. And we're particularly um, so with black men. We have very, um, it, it, I've always argued that the main reason why we have so much angst and anxiety around gayness around transsexual issues is because of the way both, you know, challenge conventions in terms of gender roles. It's the same thing with the, with the constant conflict between black men and black women along gender role lines. So for black men, the pressure is always on to keep that da Miles Davis cool pose. No matter what, you're always cool under pressure, no matter what. And, you know, you have to wonder... With black with with you know black men having one of if not the highest rates of hypertension in the country and stuff like that, you have to wonder what the toll that that can be over time on black men. And what I do with myself to, to go back to Alan's point about the the shorter guy. See, my thing is this: the thing with me is that I I challenge conventions. So for, so for example, with the dating and mating piece. Brene Brown says that vulnerability is a strength. Now, she's a woman, a white woman, but a woman nevertheless. Women understand that. The more vulnerable you are, the more power you have. Women instinctively, they may not consciously understand it, but they instinctively understand that. So what a lot of women, black women in this case, have done in more recent years is taking it, what I call weaponizing it. Let me give you an example. Lizzo. Body positivity. Uh, Dove soap. You can look up the ads right here on YouTube. Women of all sizes can be beautiful. See, we don't have that analog for men. So I decided to take the lead on that. You know, a desirable guy can come in any size. For that matter, let's take it a step further. A desirable guy can come with a cane. Why not? I mean, after all. Black women argue that, you know, a, a black woman can be beautiful, whether she's alabaster white or dark as the age of spades. So when I when I turn that around, you know, I'll, I'll, I like to joke about Derrick Jackson. If he can flex his muscles, I can flex my brains. Why not? Why not? 
See, that forces both black women and black men to think, to take a second and think. You can't have it both ways. You can't say body positivity only for black women and not for black men. See, the dirty little secret is that a lot of these sisters, they want everybody to accept them being plus size, but they only want the real chisel dudes. Doesn't work that way. I think that people settle, right? So I've seen plenty of fat black men with receding hairlines with rings on married. Um, I've seen fat black women married. No problems. Well, I ain't gonna say no problems, but they get married. And um, when you say that a specific, like women won't just settle for any type of man or they have to look a certain way, I think that's incorrect. Yeah, I'd have to agree with, uh, with so, at least based on my own experience and observation, I'd have to agree I with agree what George just said because, or was that Concrete Rose? I can't tell sometimes. That's Sister George. Okay, Sister George, what she just said. Yeah, man, I've seen, I've never seen just a whole bunch of couples that look like, you know, ebony fashion models hooked up together. I've seen a few of those in my life, but I've seen a lot of brothers that were average and less than average looking with women that a lot of guys would argue is out of their league. I don't necessarily like that phrase, but I'll use it. I've seen a lot of guys with, with women that guys with other guys would say, damn, she's out of his league and vice versa. I've seen some women with guys that would make people say, damn, how did she pull him? Damn, I, I'm, I'm shocked that she pulled him. So I've seen some what I would call in terms of just physical appearance alone, I've seen a number of mismatched couples. Like, matter of fact, there's a frat brother of mine. We still laugh about to this day. There's a thing in Indiana where I grew up called the Indiana Black Expo. And we were leaving this event and we, me and him were walking down the street and we, at the time, we didn't know each other was near each other. But we both caught each other looking. There was this couple in front of us. This brother, I don't, I don't. My mother taught me not to really disparage people. So in general, I'll say I don't like to disparage people's looks. But that's it. <laughs> Keeping it real, this brother was one of the most frumpy brothers I ever seen, and he was with this 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 sister that was like a nine point five. I say on the male scale of one to ten, he was probably like a four. And he was with like a 9.5 woman. And me and my frat brother just <laughs> looked lighthearted, looked at each other like, how the fuck did this motherfucker pull this? And we just started laughing. We just we just both mutually just start cracking up. But it, it, it was it was like one of the most mismatched couples in terms of just purely looks. It was one of the most mismatched couples I'd ever seen in my life. You so know think, yeah, you know, go ahead. Uh, when you go all the way to back what Top Cats was talking about, I think that we got people, we got guys who are experienced different levels of the game. So there are some of us that are in a certain classism. There are some of us in a different classism. And we don't all experience this black male situation the same way. There's a lot of dudes who simply don't care. You feel me? And, and, and they whole thing is uh, women are kind of irrelevant. 
I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm not really part of those circles where where it's a frustration with females. Then you got the other guys who are somewhere in the middle. They see it, but they making their moves and and they operate on yeah, fuckery, you know black women got the fuckery, but they really don't really participate. Then you got the guys who are all in the water. They like constantly focus on females. Now let's go to people outside of the black community. Outside the black community, a tall, beautiful Latina with a hairy chest dude is nothing. A ugly looking Russian dude with wrinkles all in his face with a beautiful uh, uh, Polish chick it's nothing. These conversations are not even a concern for them. And the reason being is because, unfortunately, we guys, I think we've taken on too many women talking points. Women are the ones that's concerned on whether a dude is tall or not. Women are, are the ones concerned on whether a dude is Derek Jackson or not. This is why other women many a times, not for me, because I like very, very dark women, but this is why a lot of other women are a breath of fresh air for some of these brothers who done pushed past racism, pushed past whatever in their job. And they finally talking to a woman who might be a black girl from England and she just having a regular conversation. It ain't even all this, you got to do this and you got to walk across the room. And so I think that's where we're at. And I said this quite a while ago, we're in a thing where everybody separate now. There's, there's no more, hey, it's just about the women or hey, it's just about the men. Here's my last point. When you look at the swirlers on YouTube, swirlers been talking about dating white men for years. But let me ask you, who has Chrislyn Carrison got married? Nobody. And we're taking on too much of the women's talking points that turn out to be nothing while everybody else is making moves, coupling up, and they buying your grandmama house that you used to live in. Okay, I, I, I'm right. sorry. Can I, I didn't get, I, uh, I didn't get yeah, that my, in relation to our last. Yeah, my my, my 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 because I'm you know I'm hearing this 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 uh, argument that you know you go outside you see couples all together. Okay, fine. In Black America, okay. So, how do we explain the Black marital rate? How do we explain the fact that Black people cohabitate less than any other racial group? How do we explain the fact that we have an entire industry that is geared to caters to black women to the tune of billions of dollars a year how do we explain this phenomena that's what i just said see i think there is a there there and i think the black manosphere um is bring is bringing a kind of market correction um because it never has really been a real sit down between actual black men and actual black women on these issues. It's always been in a very contrived sort of way. Black women handpick a very small pool of black men to kind of act as proxies and sounding boards for. And those black men they end up trying to say are the whole of black men. Those one little sliver, 10%, 20% of dudes. Like I, I was always amazed to your point when women were concerned whether Kodak Black likes black women or not. He's the last one you should even consider a black man. That's a that's that's an older boy 
trying to find out who he is wearing some plaits in his head. But you're concerned you about know, so so that kind of leans to your to your discussion. Uh oh, when when you're saying why are we taking on these women talking points? Because it seems like everything is a woman talking point that ain't about nothing. Well, ask a classy black man. I just wanted to throw this point in. Um, I think women get upset with the audacity of a motherfucker to look like Kodak Black. And then he gets to have preferences and options and stuff. So I think it's like the gall of it because he looks. But 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 you know what? I'm going to put on my old man hat. Shouldn't you blame the women for even being involved with an idiot like that? Because. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. So so it so it, it's, it's old man's point all over again. It comes back to the women. The women are making Kodak a talking point. So therefore, he becomes a black community talking point. But old man's point is they turn it around and make it a black man issue. It's not. Right. It's a lesser dude issue. Right. Ask a classy black man is right about this, too. He's correct about this point as well. He's right. We are responding to black female talking points. I've said this for years. Yeah, black but women, the, the black women, let me just say this real quick, because the, the problem that I see with that, men try to put men in certain categories like, okay, um, women tend to go after this. And so when they get a certain type of man, then they want to blame all men when that's just not the case. It's not a certain type. Well, but if that's not true, how do you explain the Cynthia G shit? Well, here's, here's what's interesting for me is that I almost simultaneously agree with Obsidian and disagree. Um, he always said, I always hear Obsidian say one of the reasons he wanted to do his channel and, and have his platform because he felt like he was left out of a lot of conversations. Well, when I started up front and straightforward, I felt the same way. <laughs> I, that's one of the reasons why I started my show up front and straightforward when I, uh, when I did blog talk radio for nine years. But where we differ is, like, I've heard Obsidian basically imply that these women only want to have conversations with the quote-unquote select guys and handsome guys and that type of thing. That's where I began to differ, where my argument more so was when I would hear a conversation about dating relationships on TV and, and, and uh, mainstream radio, it was always about long-term relationships right. and marriage. Right. But wasn't nobody talking about casual fucking. Exactly. I and agree. I was like, this is bullshit. I agree with you. Casually fucking in this society. I agree with you. Nobody wants to talk about it. I agree with you. Matter of fact, let's 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 pursue the Derek Jackson line a little bit further here. So one thing I've noticed over the past decade plus of this black love business. If you look at all the guys, Steve Harvey is the notable exception that proves the rule. And even he kind of fits for reasons I'll explain in a minute. If you look at all these guys, Jackson, Ace Metaphor, Stefan Labossier, Tony Gaskins, they all kind of fit a kind of template. If you really sit down and think about it, you don't see any Rupert Stutters. You don't see any Kevin Hart's. You know what I'm talking about, the types. They all fit a kind of almost, It's all, it, it reminds me of a kind of assembly line. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it fits that. And to go to 
Allen's point. Why are all these guys talking about love and commitment and marriage and the family? These sisters ain't thinking about that shit. Not at all. They thinking about, I want to jump this nigga bones. Now remember, Alan's not driving this business. If he was, he wouldn't be here right now. He'd be somewhere in Malibu or something. Because that's how much money it makes. None of us brothers are driving it. Who is driving the business? Women. Black women. So we have to ask ourselves, why are these guys saying, Alan, you're 100% correct. Why are they talking about all this you know, I want to make love and, and the family, even the sisters themselves. When you catch them, see, that's the reason why I did my fact finding mission last year at the Derek Jackson event. I had my research assistant, female, in the ladies' room. And trust me, they wasn't talking about no relationships, the black family. They saying that nigga fine, he can get it. Okay. You this know, is me and Alan Roger Curry shoulder to shoulder. You, Why can't these guys do what Alan does? See, that's you know, something in the black female psyche that we got to get to there. Here, here's the real thing, according to the title and according to what everybody has said. You hear Latin women talking about, I want to get a, I want to get a guy with a construction company. I want to get a guy that's a doctor or a lawyer. That type of conversation is hated in the black community. You get... Uh, but now I will admit, maybe 30 percent. Wait, 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 because that how who hates that conversation in the black community? I have heard many of women state to state say these magic words that don't mean he a good man. When you have those deflective type of arguments every time somebody says, why don't you get a different caliber of dude? then you must want the dudes who just want to bust. You must want the dude because you keep going to dudes who you got to help build. You say you don't want to build a, 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 a build a dude, but your girlfriend is steady picking that dude every year. And look, the rest of us are like, we ain't mad. It's part of the game. I mean, whatever's clever. But Actually, then, y'all are mad about that, though. No, because, because she's on her fifth oh, dude. Oh, come on now. Let me finish. She's on her fifth dude and she turns around and says, see, all black men. Whoa, you picking the same dude because you refuse to deal with that doctor. You refuse to go deal with that newspaper man. You you refuse to go deal with a dude that's really doing it on on a higher level like other women do. So you want to stick with these garbage dudes. And and here's my last point before I share the mic. It's even now happening with white men. You got women failing, always talking about I'll try a white guy. But now where where are the marriages? 2017, white white husbands dropped down to four percent. They were at 12 percent. 1998. How did they get down to four percent? Somebody's not doing right. And that's what uh, uh, Obsidian's point is. Women are not sticking to their own stuff. Well, here's how I see it. And I'm gonna try not to get too long with it, but I, I might. So, Sister George, you know, you can put on your timer. But this relates. I know. I think you was the brother, Mister Reeser. Who was the brother who said I always shamelessly plug my books? I mean, inevitably, I said that. 
shamelessly plug my book. The beta one of the reasons why I wrote the beta male revolution is this is um see before the 1960s, you had a lot of women of all races, not just black women, all, all races to oh here we go. And the beefsteak. Oh boy, here we go. I'll touch on that later. Um they were they were all women were encouraged to pursue men who were quote unquote the total package. The total package. But what the second wave of feminism did is it freed up women to pursue their niche interests. Which even if you watch, and Obsidian brought this woman up earlier today. I remember I was at the premiere of a film called The Red Pill by this white woman named Cassie J. That's right. Yep. And there's this brief scene. It was real brief, but it was profound. It shows this woman dancing at her wedding reception, and she looks totally unhappy. And I don't remember her exact words, but Cassie J said something to the effect of, see, there was a time when women had to marry men that they weren't attracted to, that they didn't find you know, physically attractive or sexually appealing, but it was who their father chose for them. And I've heard those type of stories over the last few decades. A lot of women back in the day didn't marry guys that they really wanted to marry because their parents usually had to approve of the husband, particularly the father. And that's one of the things that actually provoked the second wave of feminism is among other factors was a lot of women said, I'm tired of my, my father choosing my boyfriend or husband where I have to get the approval of my father before I date some guy. I want to date the guys I really want to date. I want to fuck the guys who I really want to fuck. And then starting with the late 60s, early 70s, there you have it. Women just start fucking who they wanted to fuck. So that was the good thing for them. But to, to, to delete a few things I want to say for trimming it, it's like this. Here's the problem with a lot of women why it seems like they mess around with quote-unquote ancient men and ignore other men. I always divide between the appeal of a man's sexual companionship and his, his non-sexual companionship. And there's a lot of valid reasons why I do that. And in simple terms, a lot of women, there's a lot of guys that a lot of women are attracted to sexually, but are not attracted to non-sexually and vice versa. Right. So what ends up happening is, say they'll hook up with the guy that has it going on on the sexual component but because he ain't got the, the career success, the financial success, and just overall non-sexual attributes to offer, they'll say, well, this guy, he fucks me well, but he ain't shit. This guy, he fucks me well, but he ain't shit. Then on the flip side, a lot of the guys who got it going on non-sexually will sometimes capture a woman's attention, at least temporarily, but those women get bored of that guy because he ain't got it going on sexually. So they either end up dumping him or cheating on him, which leaves him bitter. And then, he, of course, he ends up saying, oh, you bitches ain't shit. And it's just been this endless cycle of that, I would say, starting with no later than the 1970s, is that you got women, they, it's like a lot of women feel like they can't find the the total package guy. Okay, let me ask like, you. The guy got good dick, but nothing else. Or he got it going on non-sexually, but his dick is less than average. But here's, okay, the, problem. Me, here's the problem with this, with this argument. Here's the problem. Oh, with this. Hold on, hold on, oh, before, before, before you do that, let yeah. me ask you a question.
question though, ARC, just to be honest, because you, you've been around at Atlanta, Atlanta journal, you've been around white folks out there in Atlanta too. So let me ask you this based on what you just said, is it not true that Latin women and white women have the same feeling, but they know how to keep that family going and go do what they do on the side and come right back to the family structure? I don't know if I put the same emphasis on Latin women, but white women, yes. Okay, at least white women. Generalizing, yes. So, I would so say so white women know how to do that. Point about cheating about the title. So women, and it goes back to old, old man's point, women have to understand it's not that you got to deal with dudes cheating. What caliber of dude are you dealing with? And back to ARC's point is, is your passion to be out here screwing dudes superseding you trying to have a family? Go ahead, old man. My fault. Yeah. Um. Okay. Two things. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me do my super chat. Shout out to Hurricane Henry, the perfect storm. And he said, and, this, and how has feminism worked in the black community? And also send a very special shout out to David Johnson. He says, Sister George and C. Rose, please stop the bulk mods who never donate from timing us people who spend or give me a wrench. Appreciate it. Granted. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so two points here. The first point is in, in direct relation to the last thing Alan said. See, the problem I'm having with this discussion is that it presumes, we're talking about black women now, it presumes that black women should have it all. Where in life does that happen? Life is about trade-offs. And black women are not exempt from that. They have to make trade-offs. Now, I'm not telling them what to make a trade-off on, but what I am saying is, it is about trade-offs. So if they trade-off We'll use what Alan said. If we trade off the hot guy who can fuck, but he ain't shit, okay. Well, that's the trade-off. He's a hot guy that can fuck that ain't shit. Or, you know, the guy who's okay to not so great in bed, but he got everything else going on. Okay. Either way, that's the trade-off. And what I'm saying is that when you compare black women Again, we got this huge multi-billion dollar business that really doesn't have an analog among Asian women in the United States, Hispanic women, or Jewish women, white women. This is unique. Those other groups, I mentioned Alan, uh, uh, Evan Mark Katz. He's for white women and a few Asians and whatnot. Those women understand at some point that there are trade-offs for whatever reason. That doesn't seem to be the case with black women. Well, Gotta I can tell you one reason that, that I would feel, and uh, you know, I'm doing a little bit of generalizing here, but a lot of sisters, I talked about this one time on O'Shea, and again, I'm, I'm admittedly I'm doing some generalizing, but a lot of sisters, while they're not willing to, to, to do the trade-off compared to, say, women of other races, I know a lot of sisters that feel like they can raise children by themselves. Boom! Where's the proof of that? They don't feel like I absolutely life to help me raise Boom. children. Whereas a lot of white women, they don't want to raise children by themselves. And, and he's cracked oh. the... 
A lot of women that do not want to raise children by themselves. There it is. There it is. And we have empirical evidence to support. How do you explain a nearly 80% out of wedlock birth rate? How do you explain it? How do you explain the most violent kids and they don't have the dope game to actually deal with? They got technology jobs they can go to, but they're the most violent. They're more violent than the kids in the 80s. So now we're getting down to the white meat. See, what a lot of black women want is to be able to get the real sexy guy, have fun with him, get his genes, and then call the shots as to how the child is raised. So then they get a, a guy like Obsidian who, who will be a very hands-on dad. It can't work like that. Yeah, because you chose not to be a father. But shout out to YPP for the super chat. He says, I think it's time for Black Americans to be more open and exploring non-monogamous relationships. Thank you so much, YPP. We already okay. are. You're back. Hey, when it comes to kids, you guys, fellas. Yeah, Black America is not ready and are comfortable with that shit, unfortunately. Get you a surrogate child, man. Don't be scared. Get, get no, no, no. I mean, I mean Danielle, Danielle's aside about me not choosing to be a dad is true. Nevertheless, she I think she knows what I'm getting at. I'm the type <laughs> of person that will more than likely be a hands-on dad. And let's be, by the way, we know there's a very good Vox article, Vox.com, that talked about this a few months ago. Black women vote for the Democrat Party to the tune of over 95% in part in large part because. They don't want the traditional patriarchal structure, family structure, and that's why they're against Republicans because they see Republicans as being the bastions of patriarchy. They don't know. I think black women look at Republicans at, as more racist. No, no, no. The, the Democrats are just as racist. Democrats aren't racist. But I'm telling you what the article said. You said Democrats are racist. Let me make the article says. I'm telling you what the article said. Not what I said, sir. I'm telling you what the article said. The yeah. article said major reasons why black women don't support the the Republican Party and do support the Democrat Party is because they don't like that patriarchal structure. Let's think about what that means. That means if you're in the home. With a guy like me, you have to listen to what I say. And a lot of black women don't want to do that. They can get with a sexy guy, have a night or a season with him, get the baby, and then raise him the way they want to raise him. No, I, I honestly feel like um, the Democratic Party does uh, cater more to black women or they try to cater more to black women and black people. And you're talking about 95% of black women that voted for the Republican Party yes. when black men weren't really far off because I want to say your numbers were 13%. Yeah. So that's not really a big jump. And I actually feel that in the upcoming election, I think there will be a little bit more of a balance because I don't think black women are feeling Joe Biden um, no more than they're feeling true. I, I want to I go to your point about, because you make a really good point. The, the article I'm just posted in the chat room. The article state, states the fact that though support for the GOP among black men has doubled since four years ago. That's true. But your, your point is still holds, uh, Danny. 
about 70, I think it's around 72, 73% of black men still vote Democrat. Allow me to suggest why. Allow me to suggest why. 86%. Well, according to the Vox article that I just posted in the web, on, in, the, in the chat room, back in March, Vox.com, it's, it's, it's around 72, 73%. Let me suggest to you, I'm not saying it's the reason. I'm suggesting a reason. Very, very important distinction. I think it's because of what Alan Roger Curry said. Think about it. If you're a guy that's not particularly interested or good at being a stable, reliable, dependable, American traditional family man, but rather you're you know, good looking and smooth and you got, you know, that danger element going on. You're kind of edgy and you know your way around a bedroom. I mean, wouldn't it be great if a woman, you know, really didn't expect that much from you? Yeah, I want to um, say I saw what's her name? I am Aries something. Um, I am an, an Aries queen bitch. Yeah, uh, she said some black woman. Now, in fairness, I'll say this. There are some women who have had to deal with what's commonly known as the deadbeat dad syndrome. So I'm not naive to that, ignorant to that. You know, that's why I always tell men, particularly those who, who highly favor, which most men do, highly favor raw dog sex. I'm like, you can't lay down with a woman in an unprotected manner and then get mad when a woman comes up pregnant. That's your fault. Facts. That's your fault. You know, so I'm not excusing any man because there's a lot of men out here that are just what I would call sexually reckless. They lay down with women raw and engage in raw dog sex, but then they want to get mad when a woman come up pregnant. No, fuck you guys. You need to be a responsible motherfucker. But that said, and there be dads acknowledge. I did, in preparation for a blog talk radar sh show I was doing probably like 10 years ago or so. I forget what the title was, but I, I, I had a sister's issue this survey to my female listeners about certain traits and characteristics they wanted in a man. And one of them was, I want a man who's a good father to children. <laughs> you know... Uh, my I had roughly 20 traits on that survey. Do you know that came next to last? <laughs> I knew it did. <laughs> it came next to last. I thought it was going to be like in the top five, at least in the top no, ten. It was next to last. And, that, and most of my blog talk radio listeners were black women. There were a few non-black women, but most of them, at least 80% of them were black women. And in that survey that they completed, that was next to last was finding a man who was going to help them raise children as well as that was good with children. It came in next to last. Because so that lets me know that a lot of women was basically like, and these were women who wanted to get married. I mean, wanted to have children. I'm sorry, not get married, but wanted to have children. They wanted to have children, but basically they didn't want the man to be a part of their life. There it is. 
And that blew my mind. Yeah, it and again, I, I remind everybody, almost 80% out of wedlock birth rate in black America today. Almost 80% of all children born out of Let wedlock. Me, Fact. Oh, okay. Let me read this super chat from David Johnson. Thank you so much. He said, this is just because I can. Somebody please tell C. Dookie I'm still waiting on that cash challenge with his broke ass. Thank you so much, David Johnson. We keep coming to this situation where, where you got do black men being blamed for what women choose to do. If you listen to what everything everybody said, going all the way back to Top Cat, you listen to what everybody said, these are women's choices, but in the same breath, she don't want to be responsible for her choices. It's these men. Exactly. Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj, she chooses a dude so dumb. How dumb is he? He doesn't even know that the pedophile charge he got, he got to notify his PO into the state that he moving to. Right. He don't even know that. Let's go to Aisha Tyler, married to a white man. How dumb is she? She doesn't realize that this guy feels so neglected. He said, you know what? I'm just going to take half your stuff because you brought me into your uh, financial apartment uh, uh, category. Let right. me give you one last more. You get, um, uh, what's the other knucklehead? Uh, uh, Cardi B. She got with Offset, third string member of a <laughs> of a crew. Where did this thing? Where do we think this is going? So at the end of the day, you do what Sierra did. You look at all your failures, and you say, you know what? The problem is really me. Maybe this boring Christian guy that's from a two parent family. Maybe maybe I just need to sit it down and just you know what? I'm happy, Sister George. I've been with this boring football guy, and I'm, I'm freaking happy. It's better than than all these other 50 cents and everybody I done slept with. I, I think I should have did this the whole time. Go ahead, old yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Poor old man knows. Let me send a special shout-out to Gab for the super chat. He said, respect, good night. Um, yeah. There was something that you said, Dave, uh, Lord David Johnson. Lord have mercy. I'm so sorry, Mr. Research. Um, it was something that you said as far as like Cardi B and the type of man that Cardi B chose, right? And so what I've noticed from a certain type of woman, a certain type of woman will choose a certain type of man. And so if she's like a hood rat and she's a stripper or whatever, whatever, I don't really think they're checking for like the non-celebrity. But, but, but you know what? Let me put my old man hat back Black on. guys. Let I me put my old man hat back on. That's the majority of the women that are complaining. It ain't the sister Georges who, who, who realized that she was a different type of woman long ago. And now she's a different type of woman now. And she's making better choice. It ain't like concrete Rose who's, who's concrete in her decision. The majority of the women complaining to Sister George are the women who are not on point by themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, so here's the thing with me. So the problem, you know, shout out to Larry Elder. He would say something similar to what that uh, Alan Roger Curry said. You get the girl pregnant, the responsibility is on you. You're not dealing with your moral and economic responsibilities, taking care of your kids, welfare state stepping in. See, the problem I have with that is it presumes 
that the guy was daddy material to begin with. Why do you expect the guy to be a dad when he ain't one to begin with? See, I can't expect that out of him. And see, this is the reason why, as a proud black Republican, I want to, we talk about defunding the police. Good, cool. And after that, we need to defund Planned Parenthood. Because, see, my position is this. Your body, your choice, you pay, ladies. See, that's what black women want. Black women want to be able to get the guys that ain't too great in the dad husband department, but offset that by the state, meaning the taxpayer, me. Uh-uh. It's your body, it's your choice, and you have to pay. That means you have to pay for your own security. All these black women talking about we ain't being protected. Since you should have thought about that before you got with uh with the loser with the big juicy cock. You should have thought about that. Before welfare, back in the radio days, women were very selective about who they dated and who they slept with. And the number one thing they was concerned about, is he an earner? If the dude ain't an earner, no matter how good he looked, and I know Topcast is about to speak, but no matter how good the dude looks, Sister George, the, the, the girl might have slept with him, but she ain't getting pregnant by him. But now, now that we got these Ronald Reagan laws, she knows that she can get that no-fault divorce. She knows she can run the family court. She knows she can do whatever's necessary under these Ronald Reagan laws to make these dudes pay. I was going to say, yeah. uh, my bad, Joy. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Welcome back. No, I was going to say, uh, well, to, to one point, I think we should defund Planned Parenthood anyway because Planned Parenthood been detrimental to us uh, from the beginning since Margaret Sanger came out with it. You know, they actually locked her ass up for that at first. And when she came back, she started getting funded, and which it picked up after World War II and the eugenics movement and the Democrats actually got behind it as well and used it as a tool in our community against us, really. But um, I want to say... Um, just listening to these guys, I know I'll probably be a lot younger than a lot of these fellas. Um, you know, should, with, with all of these problems or issues uh, with making a teamwork, uh, making a team, uh, you know, they say teamwork make, uh, make, make the dream work. And obviously the dream not working. So should we um, still marry for love or should it be an alternative uh, situation? I never, I never agree with that. There's a really good show I love called Game of Thrones. I don't know if anybody's heard of this. It's a really good show called Game of Thrones. And uh, a big theme in Game of Thrones is who is going to get with who and make power alliances. Yep. So that's, that's what I'm about. Love can come later. Way later. My thing is, what woman, what woman is going to bring tactical and strategic advantage to me? Otherwise, there's no point for her, her being around. Well, actually, if you read, there's a good book. I've actually highlighted a lot on my channel on the last three years. It's a book called Marriage, A History by Stephanie Koontz. Excellent book. Yeah. Oh, you read it. Okay. Yeah. She, well, you know, in that book, one of the things she points out, among other things, is well, she points out two major things. Number one, and this is where I usually reference it the most, 
A lot of people think monogamy has been prevalent since the beginning beginning of time. Not true. Not true. Monogamy is only approximately 4,500 to 5,000 years old. Now, that sounds like a long time, but when you think that human beings are estimated to be here a minimum of 200,000 years on Earth, 5,000 years is a drop in the bucket. Basically, most relationships she said in the beginning of time were predominantly either promiscuous, polyamorous, or polygamous. Promiscuous, polyamorous, or polygamous. The, the major push for monogamy didn't roughly about 5,000 years. So that's one of the major talking points of the book. But as far as related to the young brother's uh, question or comment, she, she made it clear that love, the idea of like love and romance and emotional attachment, that had nothing to do with marriage back in the day. Like nothing or very little. The main, she said, the main two motivators for marriage was paternity and property paternity and property property so men wanted to get married so in in the event of their passing they could transfer their assets material assets to, to someone else preferably their wife and secondly paternity because Back in the day, of course, the blood test wasn't yet invented, and definitely the DNA test wasn't invented. So men felt like monogamy was the closest thing to ensure that their children was actually theirs. Because in some cultures and countries back in the day, people would raise children in groups. So, for example, if JoJo the warrior got Lisa pregnant, there would be some beta male in the group who would actually raise that child because he would be too busy out there fighting and protecting the group. And but to a point, uh, Stephanie Cruz suggests that women, I mean, a lot of men were like, okay, I want to be taking care of other dudes' kids all the time. I want I want some of my own shit. And that, right, she, okay. that's what contributed to the push for monogamy. Well, let me, let, let, right, let, let me ask the top cast. Uh, uh, so I would just say this. Marriage is working for people who are about the property, about the business. For people who are single and just like chilling out being single, we still throwing the pimp game, player game. The girls are still throwing their levels of the game. Marriage is not working. Marriage is only working for the people who are trying to take over your cities, take over your states, and the people who are money grabbers are starting to realize that their money can't stop family money. At the end of the day, a single person with a million dollars can't stop a family with a quarter of a million because the city is always going to choose that family, arranged marriage or not, over that single dude who done had his house for 20, 30 years and he, he, he just got a lot of money. They can care less for you. You're not one of them. Matter of fact, your whole community done turned into uh, uh, people from Yemen and you the last black person left. You know what? We got to get him out of here. That's just how it goes. It's family against singles all day. So marriage is working for people who see that part of the picture. But other folks who just, you know, they just really focused on them. I can see why marriage may not be working. All right. My next question is this, because. With y'all being um, 
older than the uh, the future generation. How do y'all relate that message or y'all experience and wisdom down to the young? I have this research question after that. Well, I'll be real short. Nah, it's, all right. it's, it's what, what was the question? What was the question? Now I'm gonna let chaos get his off. My oh, okay. All right, Mr. Research, it's actually yeah. brought that to the forefront. Um, have you noticed for the last couple of decades that we're in our community, we're getting more and more individualized between men and women? Have you noticed that? Only, only for the people who are on the microphone the most. When I go to some of these high-level events, they are coupled up. They married up. There's people who own blocks. There's people who own. I'm, I'm talking about our community, black people. I'm not talking, yeah, about, I'm talking about black people. I'm talking about. That's why I said. That's why when I came in, I said yeah, there's classes of black people now. There's this. There are different classes of black people now. So okay. the black people in some of these hundred dollar ticket events, they are coupled up, but they own most of your most of your real estate. You feel me? So okay. a lot from what you might be saying. There's a lot of people that's not, but that's a different class level. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's better or good. I'm just saying there are different levels that people are dealing with. And majority of these folks who, who are going to survive city council, they're going to survive uh, uh, what's going on out here on the, on, the, on the world as far as laws are concerned. They're not stressing what single people are stressing. They coupled up. They got power, even if they don't like each other. They know that they run that county, and they black people, right? And 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 you know, uh, 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 Topcats's uh, question is a really good, one, especially in light of the previous discussion when he was here earlier about polyamory. I don't see how that can work in a Game of Thrones, to use that analogy context. I mean, we we I mean, look at the situation that Black America is right now. So I, I have a hard time seeing how polyamory could actually work in that context. All right, with uh with our message, and you know, we have um King up here, he's a dating coach. How do um how do y'all translate your message to the youth or the, the next generations? Um how can y'all put them on the right track? What what, what type of advice would y'all be able to get them? Or do y'all think it's, it's so far removed that uh, y'all can't relate to them now? Be like Alexander. Don't worry about marriage or getting somebody pregnant to you about 34, 36. If you get somebody pregnant, dude, it's a death sentence. You got to pay at least $70,000, $80,000 for, for, for that penis mistake. It's better for you to go to somebody in a polyamorous swinger or even a concubine, go get your escort and call it a day. Focus on your money, focus on building your business because most of these women, not the classy women, I'm talking about the other 80%, they want to get pregnant so they can get a check. So don't even focus on females like that. Go focus, treat your business like your girlfriend, treat your lineage like your girlfriend and protect your seed because even, even white chicks are turning against you dudes out there and they trying to use your seed against you. So that's that's how I would relate it, man. Look, don't walk around hating chicks. Hate the fact you got holes in your level of the game and, and sew that up and stop worrying about 
you know, all that. Go get you a concubine, man. Go, go, go to Aruba. Go, go, go to Argentina. Bust all the nuts you want to, but don't put yourself in a position where you in court. That's my message, man. I'll be quiet. Well, top shout out to Doug. He said, ARC, I'm a short dude, and I used mode one on some SBBWs to live out my fantasies. And now my back is injured. I want a <laughs> refund because it worked well. <laughs> oh, that was wrong. That was so wrong. Doug, you you a character, brother. You a character. Doug, you gotta try just missionary, bro. You can't do a lot of never mind. Anywho, okay. My, my here here would be my long my long answer. It would be purchase all four of my audiobooks, and that will give you my lengthy message. My brief message, what I concentrate hey, on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Now watch this here. Now the dude rain before he dropped off. He said some. I think prevalent to the conversation. He said that it's a lot of individual uh this mindset of individual it is it, really it really is growing now i can feel what homie said uh in classes right i can feel that too but the majority in a situation where the majority rules especially for the youth that's coming up who might not be in these certain classes yet but they the next generation uh, uh coming into them you know what i'm saying whether they're educated or coming from the other side of the fence now Accent coming from an older perspective, accident the generation before, you know what I'm saying, for advice or wisdom. Do you think by he because he just said if, if if we want the game, we need to go purchase his books. You know, I understand the game to be sold and not to be told, but where where's the teamwork or where's the do you think we ended up in this situation because the people that came before us uh uh failed us or, or let go or Fail to pass the game down, or now or we have to um, come by the game to get in a certain situation, uh, get in a uh, certain position to get the black family back together. I just well, want to know why he wants us to buy the game instead of giving us the game. Well, because oh, I'm a book it, author. It, 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 it a, you say what? I'm a book author and professional dating coach, and I'm sharing my unique knowledge, wisdom, insight, and advice with guys, and I'm not going to do that for free. I'm a businessman. Okay, no, no, okay. Would that make you a problem? That would that make you a part of the problem? That that black families not staying together? No. Because you, you up here, you giving your opinion on what you think and why they ain't together. And you know what I mean? You pointing out all the highlights to it, the the, the all the uh the negative to it, but then you withholding the secrets in the background. So do that make you a part of the problem? No. What what y'all think on the panel? Well, I, what I would say as I uh, I'm a newcomer to the dating coach piece. My my re, my uh, advice to guys is you have to figure out what it is you're, you're looking to do. I mean, what 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 is your? I mean, what do you want to do? Like, if you're like me, and you want to be a businessman, then you have to be very careful about how you move with regard to women. Whether you choose to get, especially if you choose to get married, but even you, excuse me, even if you choose not to get married and be a, a bachelor, you still have to be very careful with how you move with regard to women because they can make you or break you. You're a businessman, you want to make moves, you make the bad or wrong move with a woman that could really do some serious damage to you. 
You got to be, me and Alan was just talking about that earlier today. Aziz Ansari, case in point. Dr. Umar Johnson, case in point. Tommy Sotomayor, case in point. Many other examples. You got to be very careful. What I would say is, aside from the givens, beauty, hot, get that. That aside, what can she do for you? What tactical and or, see, for me, it's got to be both. It's got to be a tactical and strategic. In other words, short-term and long-term advantage does she bring to me. If I can't see a clear tactical and or strategic advantage, I, I don't want to be bothered. Because and, there's too much to risk. So, Tom, you know, Kev, do you have any aspirations of going to college? And you know, uh, you know, Top Cat, I kind of understand what you're saying. I'm from the hood too, but you got, I think, Top Cat, you got to understand. Like I grew to understand, uh, sometimes um, uh, uh, everybody is part of the conversation, but uh, even you and I got different narratives. Like when I come on your show, you know what I'm saying. My narrative is black sons. Your narratives have to be whatever. You feel me? So sometimes. Uh, people are not able to give us these hood answers or these direct answers or these intellectual answers that we would like, and we just got to swallow it for what it is. So that's the way I would answer that because I understand what you, what you getting toward uh, top cat. I, I get no, it. No, I wasn't. I wasn't looking for a hood answer. I was looking for, you know, do we help the young men out or do we let them walk mm -hmm. in the trap, and you know what I'm saying, or, or fall to some of the mistakes that the people that came before them. Or is it is it on black men since they understand that it's something wrong, it's a problem, and since the youth and and, and uh, black men that's under y'all come from y'all, do do black men, older black men have an obligation to help the younger black men uh, rebuild um, his position in the black family to, to bring us whole again, or or, or do we I, have? I, a say like, I say yes. I used to think that there was an obligation. I did to the community. I felt like, but that is when we had a sense of community. That's when there was somewhat of an intact community. Now I feel like everybody is out for self and no one feels as though they're obligated and you can't, you know, force someone to do something that they don't want to do, not legally anyways. Um, so, you know, I've kind of done away with the notion that there is an actual you know, even if it's just a civic duty or not civic, but a, a um, some sort of moral duty to your community, I, I kind of did away with that notion. But, but but to his point, I'm starting to see more black people get wiped out. Like I'm on a top level in court and I'm seeing more black women get let go. My office is turning off Filipino and the Filipinos are what the black people used to be. They're all about each other. I'm looking at other other demographics of uh indians they forgetting that caste system stuff that they dealt with back in pakistan and they just bonding pakistans and indians and they're becoming what black people used to be in the 70s and i'm seeing less and less black folks i'm seeing black folks getting removed out of corporate i talked to a black chick the other day and this goes to what top cast was talking about is the single mindset is cool but i think it's cool for maybe two or three decades after that, the single mindset ain't going to help a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, because they're going to be looking at, why can't I get this job? Why am I not? I'm qualified. I'm, you got black women getting let go 
just because they support Black Lives Matter. You got a bunch of women making TikTok videos about it. So I would say this, Top Cat, it, it's supposed to be our responsibility, but I think we as black men, we're we're following the women's lead way too much. And we out here just trying to get the bag. We're trying to do anything to get the bag. And then our son and our nephew is just stuck. And then now they got to repeat the same thing, except now they might repeat it with violence because they frustrated. They might repeat it with some dirt level of the game against the black community. And the older ones of us, we just looking at, okay, I got my six. I got my, 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 my little 12 figures. What the hell? I don't give a hell. You feel me? And then ultimately those Pakistanis, those Yemen, they're going to turn against us. Cause I see it happen right now. I'm one of the only black, black families left in my community. It's probably four of us. So yes, hey. top cat supposed to be about a team. Black people supposed to be monolithic, but I've already predicted in about 15, 20 years, most black Americans will be wiped out or moved out of America. Wait a minute. Hey, I wanna, black uh, people are supposed to be monolithic? Did you really say that? Hey, hold on. No, yes, no, no, because, yes. Well, well, hold on. Hold on. Talk, yes, because on. Irish are monolithic. Russians are monolithic. Scottish are Everybody outside of America is monolithic, brother, except for black Americans. But go ahead. I disagree with that. Now, everything he said was spot on. You know what I mean? Everything what, what, he said. Going back to myself, if you're suggesting that, and I'm under the belief like any businessman, time is money, period. I don't know any businessman who deviates from that adage. Time is money. So if you were suggesting, maybe I misread you, but if you were suggesting that I should be sitting around 16 hours a day bestowing my knowledge, wisdom, and advice on men for free when my lights are going to get turned out and I can't pay my bills, I nah, say... Brother, I ain't oh, talking about what men. I'm talking about what he said with your sons, with your nephews. Oh, well, if you're talking about sons, that's yeah, like, I a son on the way in September, my first son, my first child, period. So, of course, I'm going to be instilling a boatload of knowledge, wisdom, and insight with my now. I see. I didn't know you were talking about family. Yeah, my, my son is going to end up having more specialized, tailored knowledge from me than any man I've ever worked with in my life. My son, be, from now until the day I'm six feet under, he's gonna learn everything, and 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 particularly at a relatively young age. He's probably going to be some kind of prodigy because I'm going to bestow so much shit on my son. It's going to, so yeah. And then next to family members, before I became a full-time dating coach, I used to be the program coordinator for a mentoring program in Gary, Indiana. I used to work with young black men and young Hispanic men. And a lot of them considered me a surrogate father or a surrogate big brother they would call me at like 1 a.m. sometimes to discuss, you know, stuff to do with family dysfunctionary experiences. So I worked with a lot of brothers, young brothers over the years. So nobody could ever guilt trip me on, well, Alan, have you worked with brothers shit for five years before I became self-employed? That's all I did. Um, but I was just making a point. I thought you were trying to suggest that, Alan, you shouldn't be selling your audio books. You should be nah, giving nah, them away. Nah, nah, nah. So if I misinterpret that, that's my bad. I, but if I thought that was your talking point, I was like, fuck that. I ain't giving away shit. For, but even those, a guy in the chat room said it. 
Tatum, uh, Tatum Oakland said, if you listen to a lot of Allen Rodgers' videos on his channel, he does give away a lot of knowledge, wisdom, and insight for free, which I do. I've had a lot of people say, Allen, man, if I was you, I wouldn't have gave him drop that knowledge you gave on that last video for free. You should have charged for that shit. So I, I drop knowledge all the time. But to answer the original question, then I shut up. Where I would differ from Mr. Research, because I heard him telling you to pursue this type of relationship, and I respect his opinion. One thing I say in my book, Debate Mail Revolution, is the problem you have in society today is you got too many people trying to tell young men and or young women what type of relationship they should be in. For example, you got older brothers telling younger brothers, you should stay single and you should never get married or, or something else. My attitude is, man, we're in a free fall. We're in a buffet of relationships. No one relationship works for everybody. Polyamory, I, I've indulged in polyamory a lot, but that ain't for everybody. Marriage works for a lot of people. My brother been married for 12 years, ain't complained one dime. But marriage ain't for everybody. Being a, a confirmed bachelor for 20, 30, 40 years works for some guys. Will Chamberlain, my frat brother, late great frat brother. He was a, a confirmed bachelor today, he died. But that don't work for everybody, particularly guys who want to raise children. Like one of the reasons I'm going to get married, I'm engaged to be married. Among other reasons, I, I want to raise children in a two-parent household. I want to raise children and marriage happens to fit in with my plans. But anyway, bottom line, there is no one type of relationship, long-term, short-term, monogamous, non-monogamous, that anybody can say is conducive to everyone's needs. It's about your personality, what your objectives are, you know, what's going to make you happy, what's going to make you fulfilled. For some, again, that's marriage. For other guys, they should stay as far away from marriage as possible. And you know, Alan, I just now come to the realization that you're one of a few last of the bay booners. So it's expected that you want to have family because you grew up in family structure. This you is know? true. This is true. You know what I'm saying? After, after well, 65, anybody around that besides the city? Hold on, Chaos. We're yeah. going to start the process for final commentary. So, Chaos, do you want to go ahead and go first? Oh, um, not yet. I'm not ready yet. Uh, I'm going to let Tobias I don't know what you'd be waiting on, but okay. <laughs> I'll um, go ahead. Yo. I'll, I'll go yeah, ahead. Go, okay, Mr. Research. Uh, so, as, as it relates to the topic, let's just keep it honest. It's women's choice. On who they picking, but they don't want the responsibility of bad choices. They don't want the responsibility that maybe they didn't do the vetting that they should have did. When it comes to the topic, it's always blame the black man for my choice. Blame the dude that, you know, I could have got with this other dude that was five foot, but I'm five foot two. And how would that look? See, it always comes back to these crazy topics. But here's what's happening now. Brothers like me who are who are, are up in the six figures, we, we don't care no more. We don't care. I would prefer a very dark black woman. But guess what? I'm going to roll with the woman who's a benefit to my lineage strategically. That's who I'm rolling with. And if one of these other women are strategic in what I'm doing with medical and she approaches me she ain't sitting back in the corner of the uh, of the conference room waiting for me to come to her, barely barely batting the eye, ain't gonna drop no handkerchief or nothing. 
then guess what? These four uh, or five other women who approached me first, I'm at least going to find out what their name is. So these are my final thoughts, man. It's like we got to stop blaming black men for stuff young 20-year-old boys do. And we got to stop blaming black men for Kodak Black and Offset. And These are your choices as women. If you don't like what you have chose, turn to your girlfriend, C. Rose, and say, you know what, C. Rose? Girl, I got I, I, I to gotta mature up. I got to make some better choices. Maybe I need to go be with boring lawyer Larry and have a family that I always want because I'm on my 14th white man and I'm on my 52nd thug and it ain't worked out yet in eight years. That's my final thought. All right. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. Research. All right, I'm ready. Um, in conclusion to all this, um, to keep it fair, I don't know, man. It is what Black people want at the end of the day. Um, there are a lot of suggestions that what we should be doing as people, but the biggest question, are we going to go at it and tackle the solutions part? Because relationships is complex, but it can be easy how we want to make it. Um, if you keep doing these things over and over again, decisions you pick, who you fucking suck, and then get burned every time, then obviously you got to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, am I insane? Because once you make that confirmation that you are crazy, you're going to have to find ways to correct that. And then eventually your life will turn around, hopefully. But like I said, um, for a lot of dudes, if they try and figure out what to do in regards to the women's situation. I would say Raj Curry probably be the best um, one because he does wrote material, works on this, books on it, all the tips. So I will start from there for those, especially those that's under six feet that have accomplished height issue. Go see Mr. Curry for that. Um, I appreciate oh, the endorsement, Kales. Um, Alan, one other question. Um, the book, um, The Mo One, I know you keep adding on to it. Well, one time, when it's all said that you're gonna have like an actual book, like a thick book of all of it, like you like a like a encyclopedia of all my one <laughs> volume one. I, I have no plans on that, but uh who knows? I can never predict the future. So I'll keep that suggestion in mind. Yeah, that, that would be helpful, you know, because I know you're gonna keep adding on until you die, but it would be good just you know to keep a sections of it. So if people say, All right, this is the first volume, now it's time to update the second one. But think about it. So thank you, C Rose. Thank you, Chaos. All right, I'll right, get mine out of the way. Uh, appreciate the, uh, you know, the bill, and uh, appreciate the uh, the game from the older guys. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm out the way. You know, I'm, I made my choice. You know what I'm saying? But maybe it was somebody out there who needed to hear it, though. But I do think it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, a bridge, and it's a, uh, well, I, I believe it's a gap. And a lot of these people out here that don't know what they're doing, maybe it is because uh, a lot of the fellas that came before us have um, adopted or uh, went into a security. You know what I mean? They just chasing the bag. They ch chasing um, success, and uh, they got burnt. You know, and so they're looking out for themselves now, which leaves the uh, the uh, uh, next generation to come up. And chaos, basically, you know what I mean? Because these females have adopted these survival mentalities as well, and they just trying to get them. They not really trying to settle down themselves. You feel me? So, 
uh, we in an age where women cheat more than men now. You know what I mean? Women play more games than men. And uh, it's the men who actually looking for love and trying to settle down out here. But uh, I just say, man, know what you want. You feel me? If you're going to come to the table, know what you want. Instead of looking for love, you feel me? Because uh, really it's just desire. Because once you, you you get that and you get comfortable, a lot of these people get comfortable in these relationships and they don't have no more goals, no more desires, nothing else to be met. And they get comfortable and uh, fall out of love. They reach a pinnacle too fast. But nowadays, I say looking for love is, uh, is, 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 is uh, you know, that day is dead, really. You feel me? So um, it's every man for itself right now. That's what it looks like to me. But uh, appreciate y'all. Uh, appreciate y'all. Thank you, right. thank you, thank you, we appreciate you, and thank you for coming back up too as well. Um, we appreciate it. Go ahead, ARC, brother. Well, first of all, I'm gonna issue a, somewhat of an apology to Sister George and Concrete Rose because I came a lot of times. Usually, when I listen to you guys' show, I'm I'm usually here from the beginning. This one, I'm I know for a fact I came in way late, and it just so happened right when I came in. I heard Obsidian mention my name. So I probably we appreciate you for listening. Well, yeah, I where, where, where I feel like I need to apologize is that I, I'm almost certain I didn't have any commentary that was directly related to the topic, although I think there was one stretch I might have said a few things that were at least indirectly. But to answer the question, no man, white, black, and no woman, white, black, whatever should ever accept cheating. That's fuck no. I Everybody who knows me knows I, I am vehemently against cheating. I look down on cheating on, on, on members of both genders, so I don't, to answer the title of the show directly, I don't think no man or woman should ever accept cheating, but to follow up to what Top Cat said before he left, Honestly, in this day and age, women at bare minimum are doing just as much cheating as men, if not more. <laughs> so the question really needs mm. black men need to accept that cheating is part of 21st century culture. Because trust me, I I think I know more instances of women cheating on men than again That's at minimum they're about equal. At minimum, they're about equal, but I would get a slight edge towards women. So, yeah, a lot of men are having problems in today's society dealing with getting cheated on. And it's for the reasons I expressed earlier, I'm not going to react, but it has to do with my separation between what's appealing to women sexually and what's appealing to, to women non-sexually. And here's what most women, uh, I ain't going to say all women, I don't know if it's most women, but I said a good number of women, this is what they want. They want to have their cake and eat it too. They want one man for really good dick and they want another man for non-sexual companionship and financial provision. That's what a lot of women ideally want. They want one man for good dick and another man for non-sexual companionship and financial provision. Some women know how to be savvy in getting that. I've been part of that in my younger years where I was a woman's designated dick while she had her husband or boyfriend or fiance for the non-sexual and financial. So some women know how to get that. 
Other women are sloppy and they fuck up and they get caught. But bottom line, no man, no woman shit except cheating. If if you identify that a person has promiscuous tendencies early on, leave them either do one or two things, leave them the fuck alone, or prepare yourself to be ready for a polyamory or an open relationship. And with that, always respect to you two ladies. Y'all always give me a lot of kudos and respect. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And oh man, thank enjoy you, the ARC. Thank you for stopping by. We always appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, ARC. Obsidian. Yes. I do. <laughs> Those are your final thoughts. Thank you. He's such a troll. Well, I'll say my final thoughts. Wait um, a minute. A, mm -hmm. Send a shout out to the wealthy firefighter. Oh, check. Yes. Great. Absolutely. Thank you so much, the wealthy firefighter. Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to say definitely a really good discussion. As always, appreciate Top Cats for um, allowing us to have this time. I know it's really, really late where he is. So um, much love to him for, you know, chopping it up with us and coming back up once he was able to get his phone charged. Um, but this was a good discussion. Um, it's funny that ARC said, made the point about women cheating as much, if not more than men. I was um, talking to my fiance, laying in the bed, talking to him about our, you know, our topic just now. And he said the same thing. He said, you know, I, I was asking him about obsidian stat about 25, only 25% of black men being cheaters. And he was like, well, you know, whatever the number is, it's it's equal, if not more women cheat than men. And he didn't get my point, but nonetheless. So he was kind of hitting on what um, ARC said too. But another interesting point that was brought up by Obsidian first, and then I think um, Mr. Research brought it up uh, just before he hopped down. And that was in reference to um, whether or not, um, oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought reading the uh, super chat. Um, Gosh, it was something that he said that I wanted to piggyback on and it was like really, really important. Nonetheless, um, I'll also say this. I think that the community, although, you know, in, you know, it, ideally um, we could have like, a, you know, a functional community where the men would ensure that, you know, they are pouring back into the community by, you know, touching those in their immediate circle and or mentoring you know people that they can directly impact i think that we're kind of beyond that that's why i firmly believe that you know it's important it, it's a good idea for us to start our own communities i know i talked about last time how they had that town in georgia for 1.7 million now i've been seeing towns that are being reposted that are as low as like two hundred thousand dollars. it's not impossible it wouldn't be an impossible feat for a group of thinking productive people to get together and purchase their own town and build it up. But nonetheless, um, you know, that's, that's just um, kind of a fantasy of mine. Oh, I know mm -hmm. what I wanted to talk about. It was, in I personally am seeing a lot of finger pointing going on. Um, I'm not sure if everybody's familiar, but there was a young woman in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, she was killed by a black man after she was raped. Her name is raped. Um, her name is Toyin and rest in peace to her. But um, ever since then, black women have been on this campaign talking about how they don't feel protected. 
um, and they're highlighting like incidents where black women are being attacked or weren't protected, but they're kind of blaming it on the collective. And so I've been going back and forth on social media all week long, kind of challenging that because I don't think that that is reflect men and I think that it's unfair to put that on all black men so I know I had I was rambling because I didn't get a chance to chime in like I wanted to earlier but um, that's all I have to say definitely a good bill good show thanks to everybody who participated and everybody in the chat well shout out to everybody who um, came through um, shout out to top cats um, especially um, that was a really good interview um, Shout out to everybody who came through in the Super Chats and the Cash App. We really, really appreciate you guys. And we will be back here on Sunday. And Which is Father's this. Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll chop it up. But yes, we'll, we'll, we'll be back on Sunday. Um, thanks, guys. Peace out, Black people. And y'all be safe. <laughs>